Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We shed a million tears and drank as many old style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Boutros Golly. Sunrento. Michael. Sunrento. Cotton. Sunrento and the love of old Lucy. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Boutros Golly. Already, we've got a lot to get through. Welcome to the Sun Ranto Ranter Roundtable. That is where we talk to the best and brightest minds in Cub in the Cub fan kingdom. Um, All the the voices that truly count when covering the Cubs going to be on this show. People you don't need to listen to, not on this show. Everybody on the show today. This is who Jed calls before he makes any move. I, I, you know, this is who Tom calls when he needs some advice on some renovations that he wants to do. <laughs> the it's, sad part is he, they don't call any of them. They just read their blogs. They look through all their stuff and that's what informs their decisions. But we know that's not true because if they did, this would be a much better team, a much better team. And it, and it would, they'd spend a lot more money and there wouldn't be a sports book, but uh, welcome to the Sun Ranto Ranto Roundtable. My name is Danny Rock, and I am joined, as always, by Michael the Man Cotton. And uh, <laughs> man. I don't know, I just make <laughs> it shit up. Uh, this uh, show is NSFW. If in case you're just tuning in with little ears, and um, <laughs> it's brought to you by our 109 Patreon supporters. Find out more about how you can support the Sun Ranto Show at Patreon.com/slash Sun Ranto. It's how we keep the show on the air. Uh, but uh, first, I want to uh, extend a huge congratulations. I'm just going to start here because this is great news. I had invited him on today's Rant Around Table, but he was a little busy uh, last couple days. And our friend Joe from Obvious Shirts got engaged yesterday. And uh, he, he tweeted this out, picture of him him and his beautiful wife-to-be. He made an I said yes Obvious Shirt uh, he's got a nice diamond. That he sold a lot of shirts to buy a diamond like that. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, what a rock. Um. So, but uh, no, I'm re- very happy for Joe and his wife. I don't even. I've never met her, and uh, I, but Joe's an awesome guy. And I'm just glad he didn't do it on the, you know, the big board at Wrigley. Like he did it the right way. You know, over over uh, All Star break. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm. Well, I uh, exactly. Can you imagine? Nobody's around. What? It was cheaper this day. Uh, if if I did it all star break with no fans, but uh, no. The thing I wanted to, to uh, d- definitely tell him is that uh, I hope he enjoys puking rum chata because we know that's what he did last night. I I hope his entire uh, wedding party is wearing um, obvious shirts. 
Oh, you know they will be. I, I got to Groom- get invited to this wedding somehow. Grooms- just says groomsman, says best man. Like, you know who everybody is. Yeah. Oh, God. That's exactly what's going to happen, isn't it? All right. So, uh, well, first of all, hashtag chance in the chat. If you hashtag chance in the chat, you could win a Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me. Um, but I want to bring in... A, a great friend of mine, our first guest today. He's driving on the way to Wisconsin right now, and we're going to talk a little bit about a lot of things. Um, another man is facing facing a milestone, coming upon a milestone. Uh, Mr. Michael Cerami. Michael, where are you hey. going? Hey, guys. I'm on my way to a bachelor party uh, in Wisconsin, Lake Koshkanag. We're doing a little golfing, a little beer drinking. Uh, I think we're shooting some stuff with guns, so that'll be fun. Uh, but I'm glad I was able to do this. I hope I don't get in an accident. <laughs> we do too, but it, you know, and it, but it, if you get pulled over, we're here for you though. And you can, Oh you my know, God. Can you imagine? That would it'll be, be everything <laughs> will be, uh, will be recorded. Yeah. Dude, right. if, if, if you speed and swerve around, we'll pay your ticket. I swear to God, we will. Uh, oh, so, man. so uh, well, welcome. Uh, you are, of course, uh, my former co-host from outside the Ivy and a one of the main writers uh, at Bleacher Nation. And uh, you are coming upon a huge milestone. It's that uh, you're having a baby soon. Yeah, October. Uh, I picked a good year for an October baby because I don't think we're going to have <laughs> too much to worry about in terms of overlap. So, no uh, conflict, my wife, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, my wife's due October 11th with uh, a boy, a baby boy. Yeah. yeah, I'm doubtful the Cubs will be doing anything then. Not They won't even be – they might be firing people. Yeah, that's <laughs> you know. true. Yeah, you might you could be in the middle of another search for uh, the next coach or something. So I, I was looking at the Bleacher Nation blog and some of the stuff that you have written recently, and you've been doing a lot of trade talking. And because uh, it's we're, that trade season is upon, is upon us like 10 more days, 11 more days, and it'll be uh, over. So I you did a lot. Of course, we all know about the Contreras trade rumors. Uh, I don't know how hot and heavy they really are right now. But you wrote an article called um, Are the Mets Finally Willing to Admit How Badly They Need Wilson Contreras? And you also wrote one recently about um, the, the Giants uh, possibly being a trade target. And uh, Bart, I think, is who you picked. Uh, if it might be it would be their catcher then, if uh, or, or is their catcher now, and is terrible. He's a he's a twenty five. He's twenty five years old. This is from your article. Second overall pick in the two thousand eighteen draft, top one hundred prospect as recently as this season, but he hasn't quite put it together for the Giants, who again need impact right now. Bart has hit one eighty five, three hundred seven, three sixty one, an alarming forty three point six percent strikeout rate. Who from the Giants would be would be somebody that we could get, and why would the Giants trade us anybody when they're not going to probably make the playoffs? Oh, this is easy. It's Jock Peterson, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, before I get into it, it is hilarious that Jock Peterson was an all-star this year. We kind of let the Cubs off the hook with that one. Like That was just like, what happened there? He was great again this year. This is a minute he leaves the Cubs, but that point aside, um, the Giants are – so here, here's sort of the thinking. Um, there's a couple things here. One, the Giants have about a 50% chance of making the playoffs as it stands today. So there's an argument to be made that they can use an everyday impact player like Wilson Contreras a lot more 
than teams like the Yankees or the Astros who are definitely going to make the playoffs. Those sort of teams are obviously always going to look at for upgrades at the deadline, but those are usually guys that they know they're, they're, they're eyeing for the postseason. That's why they go out and get a closer or another starting pitcher that can pitch in one of the first three games. Those are those sort of targets. A player like Wilson Contreras can make an impact every day and help push the Giants into the postseason because they're still sort of on that bubble. So from that perspective, that's sort of why they could make sense. And their inclusion uh, in all of these recent rumors about Juan Soto too, I mean, it's all because they need a bat. They need offensive uh, impact. And one of the most obvious spots is at catcher where they have this young guy, Joey Bart, who a year ago would have been, you know, arguably untouchable in any of the trades that the Cubs were completing at the time. Now, obviously, he's not untouchable anymore because he's struggled a lot offensively, but he's still a really good defensive prospect. He's a catcher who's 25, and he's under control through 2028. And again, this is a guy that was a top two pick uh, a few years ago, has been a top 100 draft pick. Scouts love his defense behind the plate. And so basically the thinking here is that if the Cubs are really going to try to compete as soon as next year, uh, they might try again to do one of the deals like they did last year for Craig Kimbrell, where you get major league ready talent in return. Um, any deal for Bart uh, that includes Contreras going the other way will have to con- include another prospect, um, but not as as uh, high ceiling of one as we might uh, otherwise target if it was just a pure prospect trade. But if the Cubs are going into next season like thinking, okay, let's just go with Jan Gomes and you know. PJ Higgins or any veteran in PJ Higgins or vice versa. It's like, well, I rather take that gamble on a young catcher who does have a ton of offensive upside remaining uh, than just a, a 34 year old who will be fine. He'll, he'll do it. It'll be okay. And the more interesting thing is these strikeouts. Yeah. It's a huge, huge alarming yeah, issue. We don't need another Patrick wisdom. Thank you very much. <laughs> right. But so here's sort of the thing. Um, what did Patrick Wisdom, Ian Happ, and Wilson Contreras do from last year to this year when the Cubs have revamped their player development and scouting departments at the big league level? They've all dropped their strikeout rates like insane yeah. amounts. It's not a little bit. It's a it's lot. A, yeah, Patrick it is. Wisdom went from 44 to 34. Happ went from 30 to 20. Chris Wilson Contreras went from like 29 to 23. I mean, the whole if team. they have unlocked something, that's huge, you know? Yeah, the whole team went contact base, and uh, so I like I like that idea. The other guy, the the other team you thought we might uh, link up with is the Mets because James McCann yeah. has an oblique in- injury. Tom Nido and Patrick Mazika aren't really doing it um, offensively. Once again, the Mets could probably use a bat as well. Uh, they're they're like a top ten offense. I think they're like number eight or nine or something like that. But it's they're not way up there. Um, and uh, I, what I liked about what you said about this too is that um, because the DH is all over the league now uh that the Mets' dh hasn't really been doing all that hot like uh, oh, you wrote yeah. you wrote Hold that there's on. i thought the dh was gonna save every team in the league forever <laughs> this, is not, this is where superstars go all the, the time shine. right yeah. that's all i was told i was only, told for years dh is superstar area only so they don't have one only pure hitters who bet 219, 298, 336 for an 87 <laughs> WRC. So that's what the Mets have been throwing out there as DH this year. And, you know, we all know Wilson with the hammy. They could use the upgraded catcher or at least another catcher. Uh, and then somebody that could be versatile, not that Wilson plays too many other positions. You can throw him at first if you really needed to, but they're pretty set over there, I, I would say, with Pete Alonso. Anyhow, uh, 
they can move things around. But I like your idea there. Um, it, and then the last team is the Astros, and Mar- because Martin Maldonado has had an off year, and they got a rookie named Corey Lee that kind of stinks. And my uh, question to to you is: of these three teams, who do you think we, we have the best likelihood to link up with on a trade for Wilson, and who would you prefer um, to deal with? And what do you think we'll get back for some of those other guys? Yeah, so that's a that's a really good question. I like that question because it can take you a few ways, like. To me, the Mets still make the most sense, um, and that's in part because not unlike the Giants, like the Mets are gonna make the playoffs, but they are battling for the division, so they could use an upgrade. They're they are so clearly all in for like this season, uh, which is not to say they're gonna take a step back. I don't think Steve Cohen ever will again, but like they're obviously they're they're a good team. They're World Series contender. And catcher slash DH is like their only obvious spot for upgrades. Didn't, and that's exactly what Wilson Contreras plays. So, yeah. And didn't their catcher just recently go on the IL, get hurt or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, James McCann, he, he just went, he's got an oblique injury. He'll be out for like six weeks from a week and a half ago. But we oh, know like how, how many ob- times obliques are this? just a toss up on when they come back. Yeah. Exactly. And, you know, if they come back and when they come back, that doesn't mean they're going to be effective right away either. So, and he was terrible before the injury anyway. So they need a catcher. They need a DH. They need offense. And uh, the Cubs and Mets dealt with each other last year. They should know each other's system well. Um, the Cubs, the Cubs, basically because these guys. Uh, you're you're starting to you're starting to break up on us there, Mike. It's that Wisconsin internet. <laughs> yeah, he he must have just crossed the border. Uh, Sh- Shannon Tompkins gasped as to the Mets have another PCA they can send our way. That that's a good point. I think the problem with dealing with the Mets at this moment, like it, it may be the best deal for the Mets, but for the Cubs, I mean, we oh, got no, all their best the players game. last year, right? Yeah, so uh, they've I, I think, got nobody I, else to send I, to I us. Think we, I think we got Michael back. Uh, Michael, are you back? I think we can, can you hear guys you. Hear me? Yeah, yeah. It's just we got a little bit of a technical difficulty, but uh, it, we joked that you just hit the Wisconsin border, and the, thus your internet uh, lapsed. But uh, question about who you might, uh, from the Mets, who you might uh, consider us uh, picking up. And I think Michael Cerami is gone yeah, from yeah, the show. Like, what a great, uh, you know, great visit we had with Michael. Yeah. Great well, first guest. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's like, I'm going to be doing it for my car. Is that okay? I'm like, I, I'm, I don't know. I, we will find out. He's, he's trying to get back in. Uh, let's see if we can try. Hey, I think, I think you're back. Okay. Uh, so uh, to complete my thought, the tricky part with the Mets is that they have a lot of elite prospects at the top. And then not a lot of depth prospects. Like, you know, the Cubs have a lot of high-quality, like, back-end top 100, really, like, a lot of top 200 prospect guys. So the Mets are tricky on that front because Wilson Contreras, you're not getting Francisco Alvarez for him or Brett Beatty. Um, you might have to pair him with, like, a reliever to get one of those guys. So if it's going to be the Mets, it might be a package deal, which would be a little bit of a bigger deal. Bernie, mean- Bernie uh, Barron says, uh, we'll get Trevor Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and his dad. <laughs> as long as we can have his dad too. And then, um, uh, it, well, I was my, just who say else would Astros, you see going? Oh, to the Mets? That would be like 
I yeah. think they're gonna Cubs are gonna trade David Robertson separately. I think they're gonna want to have his own deal for him. So you could look at like Michael Gibbons or Chris Robertson as the sort of person that could be paired with Wilson Contreras. And I still believe that the Nationals will not trade Juan Soto within their division. I think that'd be incredibly stupid. So the, the Mets are going to need a, a bat, and Contreras is the best one available. So who else do you see going off the Cubs? It, it, you know, who yeah. else? David Robertson, you already mentioned. I mean, do, do you think there's an – is he hap going? Like, what, what yeah, have you heard? So, so Michael Gibbons, Chris Martin, David Robertson, and Wilson Contreras, in my opinion, those guys are as good as gone. Um, they're, they're not sticking around. Drew Smiley and Wade Miley, that's a toss-up if they look healthy enough uh, heading into the deadline. Kyle Hendricks won't be going anywhere. Marcus Stroman won't be going anywhere. Um, Ian Happ is sort of this bubble player, but what's sort of weird is like a week ago, I think it would have been a little bit more likely that he was traded, but Michael Conforto just uh, said, hey, I'm back on the scene. I'm healthy. The draft is now behind us, so he could sign without – uh, his new team being attached to draft pick compensation. They won't have to give a draft pick up to sign them. So with Michael Conforto out there and Juan Soto out there, not that they're all equivalent, but they're corner outfielders. So that's a similar need. Um, I don't think Hap is going to net the Cubs the sort of return it would take for them to want to trade him. Um, and again, seven days ago, it looked a lot more likely. Now I think it's a little bit less likely but I think they're going to be talking about him right up until the deadline. So if some team comes out and, um, you know, overwhelms the Cubs, then it could happen. And again, the Mets make a lot of sense because I think Soto to the Mets makes no sense. And they could have had Conforto back without giving up a draft pick, um, at least outside of opportunity cost um, anyway. And they didn't. So I don't think he's going there either. So I do think the Cubs and Mets complete a trade before this deadline is over without a doubt. Um, and then those four guys, the three relievers and Contreras are gone for sure with Hap as sort of the bubble player. Yeah, no, I, I think that's pretty much consensus. And, and now that we've already had like the soul ripped out of our Cub fan guts uh, last year, it's I just feel like it's just going to open up just a, a, a just a wound that was just starting to scab on over. Um, Tim to hate. <laughs> Tim DeHate writes in, Michael's pale white leg is distracting me. <laughs> oh, man. So um, I want to I, I I bring it. You, you, you can take off any time you need to, to. I don't want you no, to. to, to uh, but, I, but I would like to bring somebody else into this conversation, and that is uh, my podcast partner from Cup of Cubby Blue, Miss Sarah Sanchez. Welcome to uh, the Ranto Ranter Roundtable. You, of course, know Michael Cerami. And um, I wanted to put up a, just a kind of a couple of uh, things about what's happened this season so far. And um, here's, here's the overall season summary. Uh, we're 35 and 57. There's 70 games left. Uh, the, we, we actually were in first place on Monday, April 18th, if you could remember that far back. Uh, we were a half game up. And um, – but, you know, now we're pretty far behind. We're, what, 15 games, something like that. Um, we, we had a winning streak of four and a couple pretty long losing streaks, ones of nine and ten. We've had a couple blowouts. We've been shut out uh, eight times. We've shut other teams out four times. We've walked off only once all year. Uh, we have walk-off losses of uh, – well, they've walked on us, off on us five times. And um, I, I kind of wanted to just uh, 
Oh, I think think we lost Michael. He just disappeared. That's probably for the best. I don't want him to crash. But, um, but I, I just kind of wanted to know, Sarah, how overall, if you're going to look at this Cubs season and like describe it in three words, what do you got for me so far? <laughs> it's a rebuild. That's what I've got for you. I am so over this front office trying to sell us a bill of goods on this team as if it's not a rebuild as if this could as if one of the worst seasons in the history of a franchise known as the lovable losers could be called anything other than a rebuild and I'm sick of being snowed by Jed Hoyer on that yeah there are only three players left on this team that were on the 2016 World Series team because they traded what four guys last year off and then they're going to get rid of Wilson Contreras now. And the only reason that Hendricks really isn't on the, you know, the trade block is because his shoulder shirt at this moment. And, uh, you know, and then the, the contract. So, so we're going to have two players left, but it's not a rebuild. We only have two players from that great Cubs core that we've heard so much about, but. I mean, at this Not point, we're, we're, it's like six years away, and next year it'll be seven years. And so it's like at that point, you're looking at a lot of people's careers being over anyway from that. I mean, some, many of those dudes will be retired. But um, the, the other graphic I want to put out up about like the overall rebuilding season that we have is uh, the season splits. And uh, where did I put it? Uh, here we go. The win-loss splits. Um, we're well, uh, slightly worse at home, 18 and 32, uh, 17 and 25 on the road. That's a 360 winning percentage at Wrigley Field. That's pretty awful. Fed, we almost had a winning May, went 12 and 16, but we're five under in April, seven under in June, and so far six under in July. It hasn't been great. Um, and uh, the one thing that's weird is the extra inning situation of uh, going three and 11 in those games. And that's been the 214 winning percentage, a 379 uh, winning percentage, which is about the same as our overall in one run games. Uh, we've been blown out eight, uh, six more times than we've been able to blow out. And um, we haven't been able to beat the American league, which is the ALE. So, uh, there's uh, no fault. And Sarah, you and I talked last night about this being uh, on pace to be one of the worst Cubs teams of all time. So what does the rest of this year look like and how do they avoid that? Oh, well, the rest, <laughs> they, I don't think yeah, they do. Just, I mean, the rest of this year looks easy. worse than what we have seen so far. The rest of this year looks like a team without Wilson Contreras a team that may not have Ian Happ, although I agree with what Michael was saying, that that seems less likely at the moment, given some of the other outfield names who are on the market and the cost that it would take to acquire a year and a half of Ian Happ as opposed to half a season of Wilson Contreras. It looks like a team that loses their closer for sure. David Robertson seems as good as gone. Michael Givens is another one-year relief contract, probably seems as good as gone. I, I don't know how you – I can't squint – Who's and gonna, see a who's team gonna pitch? that is better in the second half or the last 70 games. It's not a half because of the weird timing of the all-star break. It's, I, I can't squint and see a team that is better in the last 70 games than they've been through the first 90-some games. And I don't think anybody else can either, which is part of why I think this team is learning with and may actually achieve the worst record in the history of the Chicago Cubs since 1876. They are 
ranked fifth right now by winning percentage, and they're going to get worse. That's what I see. Well, it's there would be 104 losses would break it, would break the record, I believe. Uh, it was 103 in 1962 and 1966. Well, oh and with the, with the with Wilson Contreras on the team right now, David Robertson on the team right now, Michael Gibbons on the team right now, this team is on pace for a 62-100 season. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. on the positive aspect, they only need to go 43 and 27 over these last 70 games to be a 500 team. <laughs> and that's only a 671 winning winning percentage over the last 2 months. They haven't done anything like that since the days of Joe Madden. <laughs> yeah. You know, just just add Juan Soto and everything will be fixed. Um, trade away the farm. Why <laughs> yeah, not? Trade, trade, trade away every single prospect we have for one guy. Yeah. And, uh, Sarah, I, I hope you saw the news that uh, Wilson Contreras, I know he's your favorite player, and uh, Wilson Contreras is going to be at Obvious Shirt Store from 11 to 1230 on Monday, July 25th. So just keep your fingers crossed that he does not get traded within the next four days. Because That's honestly not that obvious that he'll be there. I am begging. Look, Jed Hoyer, I have never asked you for anything other than I begged you to extend my favorite player for two seasons now. I am begging that you let him get to July 25th. I already I already bought my ticket. Um, I, I need nothing more than to hang out with Wilson Contreras one last time. Maybe I'll get him to sign that all-star Jersey that I got of his. It's the second Contreras Jersey I have. It's it's he's the only player I have multiple jerseys for. Um, And I bought that all-star Jersey, not because I love the design, although I think they're kind of cool. I don't think they're terrible. I, I bought it because I truly believe it's the last Jersey Wilson Contreras will have in a Cubs uniform. And I couldn't pass on my favorite player of all times, all-star Jersey. So I got that. What is the only teams that Wilson could go to that would force you to not pay attention to him, to, to have to block him out for the rest of the season? I'm not going to block him out. Um, the two teams <laughs> that I would not be able to cheer for if Wilson were traded to them are the Yankees and the Cardinals. I think that the Yankees could use a catcher, but the emergence of Jose Trevino, who was also an all-star for the AL, makes that less likely. Um, I think that the Yankees probably aren't going to spend what it would take to get Wilson Contreras, given that they have Trevino in-house. Um, the St. Louis Cardinals, uh, I don't think the St. Louis Cardinals are going to trade for Wilson Contreras. I have a lot of Cardinals fans in my mentions who would like to see that happen. They would love to see Wilson Contreras over there. I think that it would take um, one of their top catching prospects, a kid named Mason Wynn, who is a rock star. I wouldn't hate the Cubs having Mason Wynn, but I just don't think the Cardinals are going to trade a uh, like whole career of Mason went to the Cubs for six months of Wilson Contreras. And I also don't think that Wilson fits the Cardinal way. I think that the first time he bat flipped a walk, there would be issues over in St. <laughs> Louis. And that would, that would be problematic for Mr. Ali Marmol. No. And I, and I think there's a really good chance that they'll extend uh, Molina another year. Yeah, no, yeah at least <laughs> at least three more years, get the band back together. He's been in Puerto Rico for like a month. I, yeah. You know, I, I know that we're talking about Wilson Contreras right now, and I want to get back to that, but I do have to say one thing about Yadi Molina because I find this fascinating. Molina's whole Hall of Fame case is all the intangibles. It's not the numbers. The bat doesn't play for the Hall of Fame, and neither does the defense, frankly, unless you really get into the nuts and bolts of framing and you believe he's, like, the best framer of all time. His whole case is, I'm in the clubhouse. I'm a leader. I'm the guy who got them to all these championships. And he is chilling in Puerto Rico right now while the team is in contention. 
Like that is bananas. I can't yeah. even imagine. And he, he got kicked out of a basketball game. I don't know if you saw that. He, 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 he was, yeah, he was arguing on the court. He, he ran out onto the court and caused problems. My friend Jose Orlando said it to me. That's pretty incredible. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this team does get worse without Wilson, that's for sure. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals are in need, unfortunately, and he's a free agent next year. So, I mean, they, that would be quite the coup in St. Lou. But uh, I, I want to uh, talk a little bit about, like, some something strange that's happening uh it's the extra innings um, ghost runner or the courtesy flusher that they put on, <laughs> on second base. And the fact that the Cubs are three and 18 and can't score that guy. And I, I'm just, I'm baffled why they can't get, I mean, they're a contact team. They're built as a contact team. They don't have a terrible offense, but they somehow can't deliver in that exact moments of the game when it's on the line. Any I, ideas why that's happening? I mean, I, I think that most clutch metrics are, are noise. I don't think that they're real. And I don't think that like when people come at me, they're like, Wilson Contreras is not a clutch player. I'm like, yes, he has not done that in this three month sample size. He has done it over his career. Y'all need to calm down. I think what's happening here has less to do with the Cubs ability to hit with runners in scoring position and more to do with their bullpen depth. And, and what's happening in these games, if you think about who they've played in these extra inning long games, is that they have been outdueled by bullpens that are deeper than theirs. They lost one of those games to the Yankees. They lost a couple of those games to the Brewers. There Not. are, yeah, those are all bullpens that are just slightly deeper than their couple to the Cardinals. Like those are all guys where David Ross is going wire to wire doing, and I firmly believe, like you can have lots of criticisms of David Ross. Bullpen management has been relatively good. He has done a decent job of getting his guys out there who can hold those leads. And unfortunately, the other team has one more guy. The Yankees have one or two more guys. Yeah. The Cardinals have one more guy. And well, so I'm what ends up happening in those situations is that the Cubs don't score, the other team doesn't score, and then they score first. I'm putting up uh, our pitching staff, or <laughs> parts of it anyway. Not, some of these guys aren't on the team anymore, of course, like uh, Jesse Chavez and stuff in here. But the circle of trust has pretty much uh, consisted of Scott Efros has already taken 40 innings, and then you've got long reliever, relievers like Mark Leiter Jr., uh, who was sent down, uh, David Robertson, obviously Michael Givens, who you've uh, mentioned, Swarmer was DFA'd, but he was taking a lot of those bullpen innings uh, late in the game. So it's like D Daniel Norris, DFA'd, you know, they were, they've been trying a lot of different guys. And I feel like, le like last year th when they were really great at picking up these like kind of fringe, you know, trash heap guys and then trading them off like Chafin who had like a seven ERA before he got to us. And then he was lights out and then he ended up on a contender. Um, uh, I, they didn't do that this year. They didn't do that quite as well. You get Givens maybe and Robertson. And then I think it really falls off from there. Um, uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break. And Sarah, if you can hang out with us, we're going to bring in Evan Altman from Cubs Insider and The Rant. Uh, but we're just going to take a, a real quick commercial break. This is how we keep the lights on on the show. So please stick tuned and we will be right back. This is a Cubs fan buying tickets from the Cubs. 
And this is a Cubs fan buying tickets through the StubHub link at sunrancho.com slash StubHub, knowing that 4% of their ticket purchase will go to the Sun Rancho Show instead of into the pockets of rich corporate douchebags. Buy all your tickets through sunrancho.com slash StubHub. Don't worry, it won't cost you a single penny extra. It don't stink to click our link. This is an Amazon shopper buying things from Amazon. And this is an Amazon shopper buying things through the links at sunrancho.com slash Amazon, knowing that up to 10% of their purchase will go to the Sun Ranto show instead of that cocksucker Jeff Bezos, who will just use the money to go to space. Plus, if you buy all your Amazon items through sunrancho.com slash Amazon, you could win a monthly prize. sunrancho.com slash StubHub and sunrancho.com slash Amazon. Two great ways to support the Sun Ranto show while sticking it to evil corporations who suck and it won't cost you a single penny it don't stink to click our link speaking of links i just dropped a StubHub link in the chat for tuesday's game which could be wilson Contreras's final game at wrigley field to see day game against the pittsburgh pirates and uh the link i dropped in the chat is a specific link that is going to make you sit by me. So if you want to meet my sister, my mom, and my cousin, <laughs> go buy tickets in that section, 204. Use our link, sunranto.com slash sun, uh, uh, sunranto.com slash stubhub. And uh, I want to bring in a great friend of all of ours, uh, Mr. Evan Altman. Evan, and is that Chef? This is Chef. Is that Chef, Chef the Cat? Chef's here. Chef's. Chef-y. Chef wants to go. See you, Chef. <laughs> he's not he's not pleased with being uh, held up but i still have a cat on my shirt so we're good <laughs> welcome welcome uh to the rancher roundtable uh if you're just tuning in right now uh this is a not safe for work podcast you already know that you're allowed to use colorful language on this particular show just warning people it's only 734 if you got little ears in the room and uh hashtag chance in the chat if you'd like a chance at winning a frank chance postcard sent to you mm-hmm. by me uh, it's uh, with a message of love. So, uh, Evan, I, I do, do want to kind of ask you the same question we just let, let left off with, which is courtesy flusher. Why can't the Cubs score the courtesy flusher from second base? Is it a lack of clutch hitting? Are they getting tight? Like, what's going on? You you were tweeting about this. You were pretty angry a while back. Oh, Dan, Danny, I know exactly why this is. RBI is a dumb stat, so nobody's trying to get that stat anymore, <laughs> and that's why they can't do it. Yeah, I don't. It's uh, I got Chef is shedding, so uh, I got to watch out for that. I got a mouthful <laughs> of hair. Um, no, it's. I think it was. It was like at one point they got to their last thirteen out of fourteen, and they finally pushed one across uh, in one of those extra innings games on on Saturday. So still thirteen out of fifteen. Like that's. It's It's kind of unfathomable. Yeah, I mean, like, you can't even try. Like, you would think, okay, at some point, somebody's going to hit a single with a runner on second, and that guy's going to be able to come in to score. But for whatever reason, and I don't know if if at times I feel like, and Willie Harris is great, but I do think there are some times when I'm looking at it going, hey, your team sucks ass. Like, what is the, okay, so the guy gets thrown out at home. What is the harm in that? It's a free runner. Like, let's be more aggressive. And we we've seen. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you watching the same team that I'm watching? Lots of Cubs get thrown out at home. 
<laughs> well, like that is not a, that, that is not a problem this more team often. has. Right, Lots but, of guys get think, thrown out yeah. at home. The, the, the I love that though, someone just yeah. asked Willie Harris to be more aggressive. I never uh, in my life thought I would hear someone ask Willie Harris to be yeah. more aggressive. <laughs> <Even> <laughs> then Willie. But I mean, we see it, although part of it's not even him. There was a game the other day when like he, he's waving Anderson Simmons and Simmons is coming in there like, nah, nope, yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm right really. here. Uh, we're, we're good here. Like, uh, you got a bum arm. Like, what are you, what are you going to pull a hammy? Like that would, what's the worst thing that can happen? You know, I mean, come on, it's Anderson Simmons. Like, let's go, dude. What is your purpose here? Other than like bitching about Wayfair trafficking children or something. <laughs> uh, that is I, that is a conspiracy theory for those of you who didn't know. He I, was I, I, uh, he, he buys that theory, so I'm just I'm just throwing it out. Angelton there. Simmons does. Yeah, he he's, he was that. like, yeah. There were there were some tweets. They may have been deleted since then, but he was like retweeting them with like the thinking face and you know along with the, some of the anti-vax the, stuff. The, he's, yeah, anybody oh that God. uses the hmm face is just being an asshole pretty much usually, I think. You're yeah, like, oh, I guess I'm the only one that gets this. It's like instant smugness. Um, well, uh, let's let's get smug about it. Uh, well, actually, I want to ask Sarah before we get off the topic, and then I'll ask you the same question, Evan. Where do you see Wilson going? And uh, and where – yeah, because we asked you where you don't want him to go, but where yeah, do you where, see him where, where could Wilson go that you actually wouldn't hate? Like, Well – I'm going to hate it when Wilson Contreras leaves. So to be clear, it's going to be a bad day. I'm already working on my tribute piece to make sure that I can write it at be- when I'm not emotionally like compromised. Um, the, <laughs> there are three places I see a potential landing spot for Wilson Contreras that I would not hate. I will go with him and I will cheer for those teams for the duration. And, you know, maybe someday I'll come back if Jed Hoyer decides he wants to put together a team that is worth cheering for. Uh, and those, the Padres, um, have some talent in their farm system. They could use an offensive catcher. Uh, there's a deal to be made there. They could actually like try to do some bad contract swapping stuff too. That might be kind of interesting. Um, the Giants need a catcher. Joey Bart hasn't quite worked out the way at, that they planned. And, and Kurt Casale is not a catcher for a contending team. And then the Mets, who we just saw, um, the Mets have an actually incredible top tier catching prospect in their system in Alvarez. And, I would be curious to see if the Cubs could pry him loose, although I think that got less likely with the news that Soto might be available. Yeah. 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 Those are, with the exception of the Padres, those are the same that uh, Michael Cerami uh, mentions. So he's definitely going to the Twins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. it, everything that, what do you think, Evan? Uh, do you have any uh, any teams to add to that? Uh, um, you know, I've, I've heard the Rays are, uh, are in the mix as well. Uh, you know, they're one, again, they've got an incredibly deep farm system all the way around. And, and I think, you know, they would be looking at that as, as a way to perhaps make a little bit of a run there at the end. And, and we've seen them do this stuff before, right? But uh, not necessarily for somebody of that caliber. And I think if, if they get serious, and we've seen them before, like kind of putter out a little bit in the playoffs outside of the one World Series run that they made, they've been overcome by some of these teams that simply have more resources than they do. And so if they were willing to really try to push and make a move like that, I could see them maybe getting in on it. And I and the only thing that, that concerns me there is, if I'm thinking about this from the Cubs' perspective, if I'm thinking about who do I do a deal with, I'd much rather do a deal with the Mets because they get desperate and they're spending a ton of money and they do stupid things. Like yeah, we, we've like seen what's happened with Pete Crow Armstrong and, and other things. If you do a deal with the Rays, you're likely to get the wool pulled over your eyes and lose badly. <laughs> you know, they're going to send somebody off and then it's going to turn out that like 
somehow they got more out of Wilson Contreras for two months than the Cubs will end up with like six years of three different prospects. So <laughs> that scares me. Well, and I'm going to put up next year's available catchers, and it's pretty sl- – besides Wilson Contreras, it falls off – uh, quite a bit. I mean, a lot of old catchers here. Martin Maldonado is 35. Roberto Perez is 33. Gary Sanchez, I mean, he was always rumored to beat somebody uh, that might be – well, the Yankees, he, they got they got finished with him, right? Did they trade him or did they just let him go? They traded him. They traded him in the deal that sent um, a catcher who uh, wrote – Ben wrote something that I'm blanking on how to say the last name uh, – and uh, Josh Donaldson to the Yankees. That was actually, in my opinion, that was the Twins looking to rid themselves of Josh Donaldson, and they just yeah. happened to get Jer- Gary Sanchez as part of the return, which, smart move by the Twins. But anybody looking at this list right here, right now, that's watching the show, you know, is looking at this and seeing, and you can make a case that signing a 31-year-old Wilson Contreras isn't a good idea at the position of catcher. It, you can make a case for that. Um that they're too old, but look at all the other guys. They're even older. <laughs> you have most of them and so, much worse <laughs> and much worse. So, so it's tough to see like any, cause I think of all of this whole list, if, if you're looking at it and Wilson Contreras wasn't already a cub and you needed a catcher next year and you knew that, who would you want the Cubs to go after? The choice Robinson Chirinos, <laughs> Yadier Molina. <laughs> One more I, year, I, maybe. You know, I would, I would be in favor of getting Yadier Molina just to watch Cardinals fans' heads explode to see him in a Cubs <laughs> uniform. Like Cubs I, fans, that, that, Cubs that alone heads, would be worth it. Heads would explode as well, well. That too, like just the chaos of it alone. Like if if I'm saying if the Cubs are going to suck, sign me up for Team Chaos. I'm still I'm still scarred from Jim Edmonds in 2004 or whatever the fuck that was. I thought that was great. I love being able to tell Cardinals fans that Jim Edmonds is my favorite former Cardinal. Uh, the, the only catcher on that list I'm even partially interested in, and to be clear, he is worse than Wilson Contreras. He's like Wilson Contreras light is Christian Vasquez. Um, and frankly, again, like I'd rather have Wilson Contreras, which is why it is so mind-boggling that the Cubs refuse to extend – a guy who has been in their system for 14 years who clearly wants to finish his career as a Cub. Yeah. Uh, Evan, you wrote an article uh, recently. I'm going to shift gears a little bit because we're going to lose Wilson Contreras most likely. And uh, then, and then the team will be worse, which I think we can all agree will be the case, but uh, we still have one of the largest, uh, well, the, the, the greatest, uh, fan experiences to go watch a baseball game in the major league. So we have, here's our payroll. We're pretty average right now. It's about right in the middle league average, 150 million, give or take. Uh, And um, then you have uh, the average game day experience, which it's not average. We're the second (laughs) top. uh, We're the second to the top with the Red Sox being uh number one now i'm looking at this list and i'm seeing six dollar beers and i'm like whoa 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 i don't know what where you're getting this information from but we all know that a face value ticket bought from the cubs a beer at wrigley field from the cubs a hot dog at wrigley field a soda we all know that that's incredibly expensive and it's much more expensive than other places so um i guess my question is 
When do we see that rolling on over? Remember the budget. They just said it's all going to roll over. You wrote about it, Evan. You said even if it goes without saying, because I've already said it several times, it's nothing short of disgraceful that Cubs ownership is not rewarding these premium prices with a premium product. There should be no such thing as a retool or rebuild unless costs are reflective of the process as well, though I understand why such attack will never be taken. And then uh, you talked about the, the rolling over of the unused budget. So when is it time to start spending on top-line starting pitchers, top-line shortstop maybe, move Nico over for real, uh, sign up Juan Soto, a catcher? Like, when is it time to open – when is the rolling over of the budget and the all the hot dog money, they're stuffing in, the, in their pockets for a rainy day, when is that going to start getting spent and when would it be smart to start doing that? It would have been smart to have started it three years ago. Um, <laughs> it shouldn't have stopped. But here, here's the thing, and here's what bothers me about all this. Uh, Sarah talked about Jed, Jed Hoyer kind of snowing people. Crane Kenny is the world's biggest bullshit artist. There is no such thing as rolling over a budget. The budget <laughs> is what you have to spend, what you are allowed to spend up to. They do not have a pile. It's not... Walter White, like, going into the storage locker and having a pile of cash. That if I don't spend all this cash, I go back and get more cash. That's not how it works. Because it's not, it's not as if the as if Major League Baseball says, oh, you know what? You spent under? So next year, you actually get a $60 million additional grace. Towards 400 the million. To, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you get to raise it. It doesn't work that way. So you can only, you still have the same cap because Tom Ricketts has told us again and again, he hates the idea of deadweight losses. He does not want to go over that salary cap, de facto salary cap. Again, they don't roll money. And here's the other thing. You are absolutely just indicting your front office. If you say this was their budget and they had, they, we have a lot of money to roll over, then that's saying Jed Hoyer knew he could have spent more and didn't. And we've talked about how many, you, how many of those extra inning losses, how many close losses could one player have made a difference in some of those? One lefty hitter who can slug could have made a tremendous difference in all those. Maybe games. like Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one more good starter. Yeah. yeah. It is It is an epic line of bullshit, if you believe it, to say they're going to roll this over. All that is doing is getting people to hope for the next year, to look to the next year, to say, well, now they're going to be better. That's absolute crap. They cannot carry that over. Sell tickets. I yeah. I need to jump in here on one other thing that I think people have forgotten that was made crystal clear to me as I was coming home from yoga yesterday. My yoga studio is just on the other side of Wrigley Field, and I'm walking back. They're showing School of Rock uh, at Gallagher Way on a Wednesday of the All-Star break when the, no baseball games are happening, and that place is packed. They've got all of the vendors open. They're charging you $13 for a glass of wine. They're charging you $9 for some popcorn and some peanuts, and they've got $10, 50 $11 beers on tap and the place is open for three hours and it is overflow. Like there is literally not a space to sit in Gallagher way. People are sitting out like running over towards the marquee. That is all money that goes into the Ricketts coffers. It is all money that goes into their pockets that should be going to players. No, no, it all goes into better. player payroll. Sarah, it. They've told us that. They've told us that <laughs> none of it is again. going. It all goes into payroll. Come on. Just all like, of that is going to the Ricketts. Well, the wheelbarrow's full of money from Marquee went right to payroll, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, that's, that's what they a said whole was other story happen. entirely. I, 
that they mucked that happened. whole thing up yeah. so badly. Like they they missed the boat so and it, it, without getting they into too much. They tried to run of this a stuff, New York station in Chicago. Yeah, they tried to right. run a New York station in Chicago and they failed. Right. Not only that, but the way that they rolled it and the fact you know everybody said, well, the contract said they had to like. All right. If you could have gotten a Dodgers deal, you could have just gone to WGN and said, "Hey, I know we're supposed to keep you guys around for another couple of years, but here's thirty million dollars. Yeah. Just we're done. You know, what? Buy yourselves out of it because the Dodgers are getting like two hundred million dollars a year off their TV deal, and they didn't have to put in a dime. The Cubs had to split the cost to start up Marquee. They completely screwed up the rollout, which everybody knew they would, even though they had the blueprint, even though they said they knew they weren't going to do what the Dodgers did." They did the exact same thing. They, they, just, <laughs> yeah. Again, Crane Kenny. Um, it, it is it is amazing how many times it's like Sideshow Bob tripping over rakes, and they just keep stepping <laughs> on their own dick every time they do something like this. Absolutely, it's incredible. Yeah, it 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 really it, it it's what I want to know is how much longer the fan base is going to co- keep believing the bullshit, and yeah. I want. I want to bring in somebody else real quick into the conversations. Like this is a round table, so let's round it out. I want to bring Cody from CHGO into the conversation, or as I call him, Chuggo. Even though they, they, I, I, just, I just love saying Chuggo. it that way, Chuggo, you, into, Chuggo into hizzy. Everybody, you, you did uh, it. You did it in the Twitter space, Danny, and uh, you're going to do it here. I, I it's, yeah, it's, I get it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's <laughs> well, like, you know, you raise your glass and you Chuggo. Yeah, yeah. We, we uh, the watching chugging. the Cubs this year, I have been raising many glasses and, and doing a lot of chugging. <laughs> that's a great beer you've got there, Cody. That's a new oh, beer. Yeah. That's a spotted cow. I, I like it. I so, got some Moon Man in the fridge too, so I'm not just like your typical like go over the Wisconsin border and and get like what everyone in Wisconsin like probably thinks is overrated at this point. So, yeah. Um. So I'm I'm going to ask you the the kind of same question that we didn't really get to. Uh. Well. Evan didn't totally answer the question except for the to say that they never should have stopped spending. But now that they have stopped spending, when is the intelligent spending coming back into the fray? And in your opinion, besides like right now, please start spending now. <laughs> uh, you know, when do you think they will start spending? Like from what you've seen? Yeah. I, first off, I was enjoying – I'd been sitting like in the, the dark room or whatever you want to call it on this Green platform. Room, yeah. The green room, there you go. Uh, listening to you guys just scream and yell about Tom Ricketts, and I was cracking up, so I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but uh, when do they start spinning? I mean, they're, they have to realize – like, they really have to realize just how angry this fan base is. Like, we talk about it all the time. Like, during the first rebuild, at least Theo was, like, transparent. Like, hey, we're not going to be very good for the you know the beginning of this. We have to fix the the infrastructure, and it's like – Maybe the Cubs don't have the best farm system in the league, but Brian Smith came on our show a couple of days ago, told us that after this draft and everything, probably going to have anywhere between a four, between four and eight top farm system in all of baseball. Uh, I know a lot of them are in low A, but like the point I'm getting at is it's just not the same in terms of like you can just casually let this play out, like. This fan base expects more, and we should expect more after what what you know how they won in what we call the golden years, right? Like, I, you know, I don't want to I don't want to rain on your parade here, but you're you're saying that you think the Ricketts have to recognize what the reality is at some point, yeah, yeah. But at uh, no but point Sarah will they do that. They don't like Google. 
So they just created a different fucking Google. Like that's how they handle this shit. They're right. gonna they're gonna start telling people they're socks owners. What's it called? Truth search or something like that? <laughs> I don't know. I to me it's like especially since the team on the south side of town is, you know, at least in a winning window. I know they've been a big disappointment, but I don't know. To me it has to like if they if if they wanna keep lying to us and saying that they care about putting a, a winning product on there. I mean, over time, I guess I will stop believing it. And I, I guess over the last couple of years, I could understand why people have already stopped believing it, but what else do I have left other than to just trust Jed and, and Carter Hawkins? I mean, at this point, like to, I'm not saying they should go and spend and go over the tax this off season, but I'm just saying that they definitely, you know, especially after this season, they they definitely need to do more than what they did last offseason. I don't I don't know about you guys, but I didn't expect you know almost sixty losses by the All Star break. I thought they would at least be around you know anywhere at at worst like ten games under at at, at, the, at worst at the preseason roundtable that we did right before the season started. I think almost everybody had them in the seventy to eighty win category. Some yeah. the most optimistic people thought that they could hit eighty one. Uh, you know, and have a 500 squad and, uh, it's just not that at all. We're dealing with like, honestly, one of maybe one of the a historically bad team. Um, and I want to ask you guys, I'm going to put up some of the, uh, the rest of the schedule here. Um, let's see. I, oh man, I don't have August for s- some reason, but, um, here's the rest of July here. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at this. We start against the Phillies. We got two against the Pirates who we, we played, uh, uh, who have played us tough all year? The Giants are a pretty good team. Um, I'm. I don't know what happened to August. I had it here, and now it's not here. Uh, but I'll put up September, and it's also easy. But I can tell you that uh, not completely easy. You got the Cardinals, but you also have the Reds and the Rockies, and a bunch against the Pirates. And you finish the season against the Reds with like six games. Um, the Marlins are are in there. So like the uh, so you can maybe rack up some wins in September. But uh, when you look at August, and I here, let me just look at it on my phone because I, I don't have it. Um, it is a shit show. It is an absolute shit show. I'm pulling it up right now. Uh, it's you've got uh, St. Louis. Uh, you've got well, you've got Miami. You got Washington, but then you've got Milwaukee. A bunch against St. Louis. You got to play Toronto. Uh, so you got eight games against St. Louis, who's contending right now. So I'm just like, where are these? Wins gonna come from like well, a couple of things. One, you have to go to Toronto, which means we're gonna find out a lot about who is vaccinated on this team and who is not. Toronto at home is getting to play like the scrubs of like every single team because I, they they got to play the the Triple A Royals. I don't even remember who the Royals Triple A team is. Oklahoma, the Royals are something shitty as it is. Like they're, they're, they got to play the Double A and Triple like, A Royals, right? Like that is bananas. But well, Danny, I, I want to go back to your original mean. question. Because I think this is really important. You asked, when do fans give up? They already have. Go to Wrigley Field. The, the corners of the upper deck are empty. They are empty in the 300s. They are empty in the 400s. The corners on the 200s in the upper rows are empty. You get there and look around in the seventh inning. That is a 40 60% capacity crowd. It is not the 70, 80, 90% capacity crowd that we saw from 2015. All the, that I saw for bad teams, bad teams, real bad teams in 2012 and 2014. That place is not selling the way that, yeah, look at this. John gave up in February and I understand why you did, John, because in February things look bad. Like I am telling you, this team 
already is losing whatever magic made fans show up at Wrigley Field that that brought fans to the north side. It is a corporate des- destination right now. It is not a ballpark destination right now. It is the place you bring clients to show them a historic relic. And if they want it to be a ballpark where people go to see a baseball team, they are going to have to spend some money. Let's let's not discount all the college kids who weren't around because they were just too young. Uh, they're buying all those tickets so that they can make cup snakes. <laughs> yeah, forty thousand dollars. The Cubs are having to do when the, I've never seen them so aggressively market. I get texts, I get emails multiple times a week, every day, if not a day. They're doing the college nights. They're doing the free drink nights. I'm like, Wrigley Field is having to give out drinks to get people to come there. Well, give right? out. Like, yeah, well, buy a $50 yeah, yeah, buy a ticket, ticket that you could get for 10 bucks. Having a Wisconsin a, night. Like, they're yeah. they're asking people from from Wisconsin-Madison or, like, just, you know. <laughs> Please like, come. They don't even like, get I'm used, I'm used to them doing U of I and, and Northwestern and, like, maybe, like, UIC, but, like. Wisconsin, really? Is that bad, guys? Like, yeah. It's, well, they don't have the, they don't have marquee up there, so they may not know how bad the Cubs suck, and so yeah, uh, they true. can come in. And they should start calling people in up. Iowa. Then there's a yeah, there's a lot of Cubs exactly. fans in Iowa. Well, Cody, Cody, I want to well, throw. They're, they're bringing the team here, Cody, for the cornfields game. We're getting <laughs> yeah, excited. God, what a, we want to see what happens in the corn. That? How many airs will there be in the Field of Dreams game? Plus <laughs> minus five. You've got the, the post-trade deadline Reds and the post-trade deadline mm. Cubs going at it in Iowa. How oh, many man. non-home runs end up in the corn? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but children, It's more like children of the corn is what that's going to look like. Um, Cody, I want to uh, uh, put some tweets back at you here. Oh, uh, you said, you said oh, five no. positives, five positives from the Cubs' first half. Nico Horner has a 2.7 F4. Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele rolls uh, heading into 2023 going up. Uh, Scott Efros, future setup man closer happening. Christopher Morell provided hope. Saya and Stroman both primed for a strong second half. But then here's, here's another tweet of yours that says, I am at least 15 alcoholic beverages deep, and I can confidently tell you that we do not deserve this bullshit. The all-star break could not get here faster. So, Thank you, you know, Danny, I, for I, providing this. No, I completely You're understand. You're that guy at the party that's like, I love you, man, and then you like start crying immediately after. <laughs> Getting in yeah. fights, yeah. Probably. I Listen, like, I don't try to be, like, pessimistic, like, but this team has been so bad that that's all I can be. So, like, when I sent that tweet about the five positives, I was just – I don't know. It was probably during that time when I sent that tweet, the timeline was just probably full of negative tweets or something. And, you know, as bad as things are, there are things to be excited about. I mean, no one thought Christopher Morell was going to come up and, you know, be as even half this good. And I know the league's kind of caught up to him. The strikeout rate is increasing. But, like – We'll see how it is the rest of the year. Maybe it can be, you know, something. I, I don't know. I, I hope he is because he can play like four different positions and, you know, everyone loves the guy, you know. And, you know, Stroman, I know he only pitched four innings his last two outings, but he didn't, give up any, didn't really give up anything. And, you know. I, I don't think that was up to him, though. Right, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And, you know, say uh, I know he's got a 155 weighted runs created in July. So, and he since he came back, he's – Again, like he's been very good. Uh, so I'm hoping, hoping, you know, if he has a strong second half, that hopefully that gives the Cubs some reason to, you know, hey, we got a guy here. And I, I think for the most part, we've seen it. The be- the worst part of him this season is 
May and then, you know, just the, the injury that he sustained, right? And, you know, <laughs> the Justin Steele and Keegan thing. Thompson have been been fun to watch. Uh, Justin Steele's been really good since the beginning of June. Keegan Thompson has been way better than anyone expected. He's honestly been, you can argue, one of the best stories for this team. Uh, and then, yeah, Nico Horner. I mean, we all sat in the offseason and begged for Correa, not saying that we still shouldn't. I still would take him, especially with Nico Horner up the middle now. Uh, but a lot of people thought Nico Horner, Horner couldn't even play shortstop. And he's proven that he could do it at an elite level. If you look I, at the defensive metrics, he's really good at it. So I, th- there are good things about the team. I just, you know, there's a lot of bad going on. And, like, everything with ownership and in the front office and everything just is, like, piling on to it. So I just yeah. dropped a link in the chat of one of Evan's articles about Nico Horner and how the, the elite shortstop that we need is right here in front of us. <laughs> and uh, it was, it was a great article. It's uh, oh, I think I forget that free agent speculation Cubs already have an elite short shortstop is the name of the article. And I just dropped that link in the chat. Definitely check it out with Evan. Uh, Sarah, Evan, I, I, we're going to let you go at the break, uh, but I just want to ask you, Sarah, real quick, what are you looking for positively in the second half? That, I'm you the have Wilson any- Contreras girl who so is going with Wilson Contreras. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to change the name of my podcast to Cup of Contreras Blues. Like, I don't really go. know you. Yeah. what you want from me. No, positives. I, I'll give you a couple of positives. I think that Seiya Suzuki is for real. Um, I shared in a piece that I wrote about Seiya uh, when he came over that the the, the most impressive thing about Seiya Suzuki, and I wish I could give credit to the author of this piece. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head. This is a Fangraphs community piece, which those are like public blogs. Anybody can write them. But this was a guy who went out, went and got the MVP stats for all of the players who have come over from uh, Japan and what they looked like offensively the year before they came over. And now Seiya Suzuki is a better bat than all of them. He's a better bat than Shohei Otani. He's a better bat than Tanaka. He's a better bat than anybody that you remember coming over from Japan. And I think that plays, I think that that, the, you know, he adjusted, he had to adjust a little bit after the league caught up to him. I think he'll adjust back. I think he's a very smart hitter. I'm excited to see Seiya in a Cubs uniform for years to come. I think Christopher Morell is for real. He's he's The strikeouts are up right now because he's seeing a lot of off-speed and breaking stuff, and he's struggling against that. That's kind of an adjustment that lots of guys need to make when they come up to MLB. But I am impressed that when he first came up, he was not overmatched by velocity. He was not overmatched by the situation. He actually played the best baseball of his professional career in that first month um, change that he played. Uh, in Major League Baseball, and you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to d- jump from Double A to the majors and play the best baseball of your professional career. So I'm excited to see what Christopher Morel can do. The problem is, and and I cannot stress this enough, the problem is there's no strategic vision from ownership that has been shared with fans. And I am not giving this team a dime of my money in any way, shape, or form until Jed Hoyer comes clean. And I don't even care. He doesn't have to share a blueprint like Theo did. He doesn't have to tell us it's a rebuild that's going to last five years. He doesn't have to tell us exactly what the plan is. But I think he does owe fans the the courtesy of saying, look, this is not the team that we thought was going to take the field for 2022. We thought we were going to be more competitive. We're going back to the drawing board. These are the last trades that you're going to see for X amount of time. And when we come back in 2023, this team will be competitive in a weak division. And until he says that, I will continue to get my tickets for $6 on StubHubs or just take freebies that Danny and other friends offer me because I am not giving this team my money for the product they are currently putting on the field. Yeah, sneak in your booze too. It's easy. Um, yeah, Evan, uh, <laughs> what, what, do you, what, are you, what are you looking at for the rest yeah. of the, the year? I mean, 
they're going to clear out, unfortunately, uh, for one way or another, several roster spots. I mean, the guys are going to have to get moved up. Uh, piggybacking on on part of Cody's tweet that uh, that we didn't address, Scotty Efros getting even more high leverage innings is the greatest. And listen, and he, this is a dude. I'm gonna. I've said it a million times. I've been on Efros since he was a freshman at Indiana University. Uh, following him all the way through, it is the coolest thing. He is a great, great guy. In addition to everything else, and I, I just I'm I love. Personally, I love to watch his success, but I just think that guy's nails. Um, really want to see that. Matt Mervis is another one. He's being promoted to AAA. Uh, we're talking about a lefty hitting first baseman. I mean, the dude can mash. He's a really good hitter, and he's a solid defensive player. He's advanced. I know Sarah talked about making the jump from AA. I thought he could have done that. He's not going to, but I think he's a guy who could get a shot. Right? We could see some other players. We'll see Pete Crow Armstrong move up through the system in the second half. We may see like Owen Casey and James Trianto, some of those. So we're going to see a lot of these players, even if they're not in Chicago yet, we're going to see a lot of that movement through the system as they're traded and spots move up. So I think while it is troublesome sometimes to watch the product on the field at the highest level, there are still a lot of things. We may not like the way it happened, but there are a lot of very, very exciting players that are on the way up that, hey, listen, if you don't want to, and if you're like Sarah and you don't want to give your money to the Cubs, if you live in any sort of proximity to South Bend, Myrtle Beach, Tennessee, or Iowa, go watch Well, the iCubs right now, not not the greatest, most like power-packed roster. But, I mean, God, if you can get to South Bend, there are some dudes at South Bend, and it is a great ballpark. So get out there and watch some minor league baseball. That's my positive. Yeah, let me and Evan go out on a high note here. I, I have a quick question for you, Evan, because I know you get to see the minor league players a little bit more frequently than I do. And I'm just curious how you think this class compares to what you saw in 2013 and 2014. I know one of the things that I tend to, I don't tend to see them play. I tend to see things like future value grades on Fangrass, and they're a little bit lower for this class than they were for like the Chris Bryant uh, crew, the Javier Baez crew, but the, the, they're lower across the league, to be clear. Like, nobody has 70-grade players in their system. Nobody has 65-grade players in their system. So I'm curious what you see when you go see the minor league players in South Bend or you go see the guys in Myrtle Beach. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm i very interested in this this group because I think more so than before, like when we saw that when the Cubs were rated so highly there in, in 13, 14, coming into 15, it was primarily on the strength of, like, top-drafted superstars, Javier Baez, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, it was like guys they had drafted in the first nine picks and who were just complete studs. And then after that, it was kind of like, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a pitcher somewhere we think might eventually, you know, make it to AAA even. Um, and, and now it's like every team has, you know, there's not that one carrying superstar. Like I mentioned Mervis. He might be the best hitter in their entire system. He had 80 RBIs at the break. That's more than any player in baseball. That's more than Pete Alonzo, who led Major League Baseball. 80 RBIs. Right. And, and the dude was only at, at double A, but he's 24 years old. He played at Duke. He was undrafted because they only had five rounds in the draft. And so a lot of times I think we look at this like, oh, these highly rated. Yeah, but the guy's 18. He's highly rated because you think he's got just so much potential. And I think if you if you look past that, if you set aside what the rankings say and all this, and you watch them play. It's they just have a bunch of guys who look like they're having fun. Like you go down to Tennessee Smokies, every single one of those players is up on the top step of the dugout the entire game watching watching their teammates, watching the game happen. And and I know that maybe sounds corny. It maybe sounds like the little little coach in me. But that means something to me. That they, and the Cubs worked on that. They worked on that camaraderie. This is a crew that I think wants to do something together, wants to work together. They're all 
pulling in the same direction. So as corny as that sounds, I do believe that makes a difference outside of just like individual singular talents. There's this really cool vibe they've got going on as a, as a whole. And I, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun for people to watch over the next couple of years. Very cool. We'll win. We'll win with love. That's how we'll do it in yeah. the future. <laughs> Tell them with kindness, baby. Um, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, uh, well, thank you, first of all, uh, Sarah Sanchez, Evan Altman, for coming on. Cody, if you could stick around, we're going to hang out with Dom, uh, the director of Morale, the Chicago Cubs. When we come back after this quick commercial break, we will be live with him and infield fly girl as a bonus. So stick tuned and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Evan. Be right back after this commercial break. All over Chicagoland, there are thirsty, frazzled, overworked Cubs podcasters who are struggling to survive one more baseball season in the dog-eat-dog world of unpaid Yo, content okay? creation. But it doesn't have to be this way. You can make a difference. Become a super ranter at patreon.com slash sunranto, where your support ensures that poor, sad, pathetic, ugly, loser Cubs podcasters can pay for tickets and beer, and in turn, line the pockets of the baseball agarch Ricketts family. Just one dollar a month can buy a scorecard. Five dollars a month can pay for guitar strings to write a Cubs song. And ten dollars a month almost buys one beer at Wrigley Field. Cubs content creators are the lowest pieces of pond scum garbage that slither over the face of this planet. But super ranters help them get drunk and screw off at baseball games. What do you get out of it? The Sun Ranto Show, delivered to your podcatcher without stupid advertisements like the one you're seeing and hearing right now. Plus, at other Super Rancher levels, you can get Cubs music, access to private Sun Ranto pages, the Ranter calendar, and special thanks and Ranter recognition in our live broadcasts, plus eligibility for monthly prizes. What does Sun Ranto get out of it? Your money. For tickets and beer. Go to patreon.com slash sunranto. That's patreon.com slash sunranto. And become a super ranter today. And as always, this show is brought to you by our 109 Patreon supporters. Thank you very much. It's the reason we are all here. Uh, welcome to the show, Infield Fly Girl, who you can see, and Dom who you can't see is being very cryptically. I mean, he's too handsome to come on the show. The thing is, if he comes on with his beautiful looking face and he starts talking, people don't listen to what he says. So we, he just comes on without, uh, without the picture. I was really concerned that Dom was actually Joe Ricketts burner account. for a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, welcome, you know me. Welcome to the show, Mr. Director of Morale, Dom Thank Frederick. You, Danny. And uh, also infield fly girl coming to us from Seattle, way far, way way far away. So we we've got a far flung West Coast show. Um, uh, Dom, I'm going to first start with you. You are the director of morale. Not an easy uh, year for morale. No. Um, uh, so uh, you got the morale supply co-, co going right now. Still, you're selling the coffee. Um, you know. It, can, is, do we need a new blend? Like, what's going on? Do we do we need a new well morale yeah, blend or something? Yeah, I will say, I will say, it was kind of uh, um, in the end a win since Ian was able to get to the All Star game. The amount of flack we got last year when Ian 
Uh, and he said himself was hitting like 100 and, uh, we were selling the coffee, and and, and it got to be in a, in a rough spot for a little bit. But I don't know, may, maybe down the road we need something, Danny. I know it's, uh, I know we've talked recently. It's tough. I've been listening to the show. I echo all the things uh, many of the other fans have said, and uh, yeah, it's not great right now. It's not great. I I, I know I'm here to you know I tr- I'm a very optimistic person, but it's uh, difficult at times to. Uh, see the positive things when we're on track to lose 100 games and win 59 of them well i dropped i dropped the link in the in the chat because it is all for a great cause uh you sell it with the in yeah. the connect roasters morale brand a blend and it goes to first t uh, yes uh first t greater first t chicago ian and i um we're avid golfers. I love the game. I know that doesn't have to do with anything with baseball. But uh, First Tee Gray Chicago is a great organization, nonprofit organization, that helps uh, underprivileged kids and kids in the city uh, to take part in an after-school program, take part in, obviously, learning the game of golf, or having a safe place to go after school, whatever it may be. So, um, yeah, we've been working with them for over a year now, and uh, we've had a great relationship, and we're very happy with all the support and all the proceeds that have been raised uh, through the coffee. So it's been awesome. Very cool. That's really, yeah, that's really cool. I mean, they do a a similar thing in St. Louis. It's called First Teeth, and uh, (laughs) it it helps them get dental work. (laughs) Um, I'm going to put up a tweet of yours, Dom, and I kind of want everybody to weigh in on this because it's interesting, is that uh, somebody was coming for you on Twitter. Oh, it Uh, happens all the time, Dan. Yeah. Of course, and, and and you put yourself out there, so you're going to get some back. But Alex said, Alex C said, honestly, stop. It was time to move on from those guys. It's time to move on from Contreras this year, and they can sign him back and get a haul for him. It's smart <laughs> thinking, Dom. You might want to change your name, by the way, because you're not exactly the leader of morale anymore, man. And you retweeted him, and you said, no. I'm not going to be as Cubs fans. I'm the first one to pump this team up, but it's pretty hollow to not talk about the issues. I can blow smoke up people's ass and say it's all good, and the Cubs are doing the best right now. Looking at the team critically isn't pessimism. And uh, just kind of want your reaction to that. It's like, you know, what do you have to say to those, like, you know, rah-rah? I mean, you always root for them to win, but what do yeah. you say to the those rah-rah people that criticize your criticism? Yeah, I really think it, and and this is a a lack for the correct phrase, but I do think it's like a generational disconnect right now because I find that many of the fans who are on that side saying the Cubs should rebuild and the Cubs should not put any money into the team right now and the Cubs should be absolute, you know, bottom feeders are the ones who literally grew up during their very formative years of seeing Chris Bryant, Javi Baez, Kyle Schwarber, Anthony Rizzo go on to win a World Series. And they weren't the pain. Ne- yeah, and they weren't necessarily there to witness the rebuild, the 2012s and the 2013s, and also didn't I, – I, I don't want to seem like I'm the older statesman here because I'm not, but I think we all need to remember that how lucky we were to actually witness a World Series and witness this plan actually go through. And lucky enough, we won the World Series because it kind of fell apart after that. And I think the margin for error is so small that it's very hard for me to just sit back and say, well, we have Brennan Davis and we have PCA and we have Caleb Killian and it's just all going to be fine whenever they show up. And it's just not going to be the case. It just doesn't work that way. And and, uh, I think many Cubs fans, fans believe it's that way and have always looked 
for me to, I don't want to say sugarcoat things, but kind of look at the positive side. And I feel like I'm doing that by honest, by simply being honest, uh, because it could be a lot worse. You could say, well, the Cubs don't even have a top 10 system right now. I could go on and on and on on the negative things. I don't want to. But, you know, I think there has to be some objectivity here and really looking at what the Cubs have. I know Cody uh, and I talk about it a lot on the Twitter spaces. It, it's it, it's difficult to, to look at the team and say we are on the exact same trajectory as the 2016 Chicago Cubs when that team had, I mean, guys who would go on to make hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I'm not saying this farm system doesn't have that, but we got to put these things into perspective. We have, you know, we had a group that made almost 500 million, well, more than that, like $600 million. And like last year. they did. Yeah, last year. That's, you know, that's, that, that's a tall, that, that, that's, that's going to be really hard to uh, repeat. So again, I don't, you know, perspective, objectivity, what, however you want to say it, I'm trying to provide that, but many fans don't want to hear it and Think I'm, uh, well, think I'm just think I'm now I'm be called being called a casual fan. I, I don't know, Danny. <laughs> well, you know, I've been here for a lot of it too, and you know, we went through a lot of really really bad years on the promise that once we got to where we were, we wouldn't have to do that again ever again. Life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and Cody, then that didn't happen, and we get told every year that this year they're going to spend. No, really, we're going to do it this time. And then it's, you know, Lucy with the freaking football again. Yeah. yeah. I don't believe uh, a word that comes out of that office anymore. Yeah. You guys have to deal with that over at, uh, like, I'm sure you, at Chuggo, you get it all day long, (laughs) constantly. These people, you know, like, how are you guys handling that sort of, like, I, I don't know, that part of the fan base versus... Um, the, the rest of us that are like pissy. Yeah. Oh, we're I, we're, we're literally I, called Sun Ranto, so we can just say whatever the hell we want. Like, I mean, talk. <laughs> honestly, I mean the you know our YouTube chats every day for every show. Like it, it's I think it's the same as what we're all talking about. There are some people in there that are you know they're very optimistic about the farm system. I think we should be optimistic about the farm system. But to Dom's point, it's all about you know, not banking on these guys coming up and, and, you know, and being, uh, you know, the next Chris Bryan or the next Javi Baez. You just really can't bank on that. I mean, we've all and, seen, I mean, this is funny in the chat here, David Elliott, those fans didn't experience Corey Patterson in junior Lake. Exactly. <laughs> Speak. Who's that? Is that, Oh, is that uh, junior right there? Oh, there's Corey Patterson. <laughs> yeah. Corey Patterson right in the middle. <laughs> A lot of people in the chat that think you know they, they compare they compare Christopher Morell to to Junior Lake like the the ones who aren't buying yet. And I've done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it could be. I will like again. I I'm with Dom in terms of like the generational thing. Like a lot of them are much younger for sure. I I don't know though. It's I I feel like majority of the fan base is uh you know to to put it bluntly angry, <laughs> but yeah. the way. The way that they want, like the way people want the team to build, though, it's clearly there's a lot of different opinions on that. Um, so I, if that's if that's the generation yeah. thing, I, I, I think we see it on there. both both ends of the generation. You have the ones that just showed up and don't know anything uh, pre Chris Bryant, and then you have all the old ones that are like, "Hey, they won one for me. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm still." 
flying high on 2016. Well, you know, I find it really interesting that fans will essentially cover up Jed's own words. Like when Jed says, (laughs) Jed, Jed, Jed literally says, we can't do a rebuild. We can't do the same thing like we did in 2012, 13, and 14. And then there will be fans that said, well, Jed was lying. Jed's trying to do something totally different. It's like, no, Jed told us this is how it's going to go. And he is currently failing at the product or, or the assumption that we were going to compete this year. He's he's failing to do that. So I I think there's there, there's a lot of people trying to like cover up for mistakes, trying to justify why the team's so bad. It's you know it's a whole mess obviously when you're dealing on Twitter, but it's it, it it surprises me so much that people can't hold Jed to his own words when he's talking about rebuilding this team or bringing this team back to relevance. Yeah, I don't know if he thought that he could just slide backwards into a 500 team by accident. Yeah, well, for sure. Br- Brett Moore writes in the chat, what was the point of spending money on Suzuki, Stroman, Miley, even Gomes, if they're not going to retain players like Wilson? Why did they even fork out for the others if they're not uh, pieces of a meaningful puzzle? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to it, – it's true. I think the thing that I'm hearing tonight most of all is that we really would love to hear a direction from the team. And I'm going to bring somebody else into this conversation to, to round table it out. Uh, from the Fly the W podcast, they – a, uh, a Sun Ranto Ranter veteran, uh, Mr. Crawley Cub in the house. Uh, welcome. We, we, got the, we got the director of morale. We got we got Cody from CHGO, otherwise known as Chuggo, and uh, IFG here. Um, so, uh, uh, yodelahee who, Ranters? Oh, that was you yodeling all this time? I didn't know. I Shit. Uh, discovered. Came out. Yeah, that's me. So, uh, yeah, so uh, kind of where, where are you at this? Why did they even try at all? Why not just throw a bunch of little kids out there? And, uh, I mean, they kind of are, but, you know, why, why yeah, sign? They're really old kids. Yeah, uh, really they, old they, 31-year-old yeah. kids. So if you guys, <laughs> when we did, I think Danny, we did, and Michael, how are you guys? Good to see everybody. But uh, I think we did the uh, roundtable, one of these at the beginning of the season. Danny, I was at your place because we were going to opening day. And I said, if everything works out perfectly, they're a 500 team, is how I looked at it going into the season. Why did you spend the money? So you could flip some of the guys. You were going to flip Miley. You were going to flip Smiley. Strowman has a very easy contract. You could easily flip them. Um, The trouble is, is none of them ended up being healthy. So if you take a look at the starts that you have, you had Hendricks had a decent amount. Justin Steele has more starts than anyone on this team. That was not in the game plan, okay? You had uh, Hendricks, who's had the shoulder issue. He was out for a couple weeks, and then he was on the IL to go out there. Uh, Wade Miley's made four starts. Drew Smiley has barely pitched, and when he has, he's not been effective. So, you, you know, when you talk about Jan Gomes, why you would get him, you remember what it was like not having any kind of backup catcher last year. You ran Wilson into the ground. So you had to do that. Uh, I think, we'll, I think again, if everything would have gone the way Jed wanted to, it would have been a 500 team. He would have traded the guys that were doing good, the Miley's, the Smiley's, the Dave Robertson's, those type of guys, and gotten more returns and said, hey, we weren't close enough. Look what we got in return. Uh, you guys were talking about Jed versus Theo, and I, I had Gordo on the Fly the W podcast, uh, and, and we were just talking about it. Theo Epstein was the Pied Piper. He's the smoothest Mac Daddy. When he's in a room, he could sell, you know, he could sell a refrigerator to an igloo. 
Jed's not that. <laughs> Jed, Jed, Jed Jed's Blair. not even close. I'm pretty pretty yeah. sure that's you nailed that quote. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got, I've had a couple beers. I may be off here. I may be doing some names backwards like Harry Carey later. I don't know. But I'm just telling you is right now, Jed, Jed Hoyer, he can't convince you anything like that. I mean, he's not going to be able to sell a no. rebuild, which is what it is. And and everybody knew it. Oh, and, Bill. <laughs> Bill writes in Hoyer finished last in his fantasy league. <laughs> but, but, but you know, you, fam slapped him. Part of what Theo was able to do is he had um, the background of what he did in Boston, and he was able to bring it to here. And we were all willing to do whatever it took to get the World Series. With Jed, he's kind of in a, in a much difficult position, much more difficult position. He is not really good at selling something. And I'm not saying he's right or wrong in what he's doing. I'm just saying that even if his plan is correct, I don't think he's a salesman, which sometimes is part of the job to sell Absolutely. what you're doing. And I don't think Jed has that ability. Yeah, And I want to kind of pivot on or build off what you just said and, and ask uh, Cody and Dom and IFG, all, all you guys, what you see as, and I, I know I talked to you about this on the, the Twitter space that I think we were both on about the concept that when you have a losing team that keeps losing and then, so it doesn't make it, quite the the destination that maybe it once was you don't have the 108 year thing hanging over your head it, you, you know you you just 108 the, lost thing hanging over your head you got a 108 lost thing maybe but you the new the new clubhouse is now six years old it smells like rizzo's old food like you know like <laughs> it's just like we're in a, a different place right now so what can the cubs do uh and i'll, I'll ask you first dom what what can the Cubs do to get that kind of rolling with the vibe morale going back again so that it does become a destination place uh, for free agents in the future? Yeah, Danny, I know you're you're going to crawl out of your skin when I tell you this, but it starts with Tom Ricketts, honestly, like standing up, being more vocal and, and putting his foot down within the organization on, hey, this is not how it's going to go anymore. I want this to change. I have some pride in terms of what we're actually putting on the field. I care about the uh, team. I care about the wins. I care about everything that we've built up over the last seven or eight years. To now we're kind of sitting here, you know, wondering what do we really have. It starts and ends with him. Uh, You know, I I know – uh, justifiably so, many Cubs fans do not trust Tom at all. But he's he's the guy. I, I've I've described it very often by saying that Tom Ricketts are our parents, or the Ricketts family are our parents. They decide when we can get money. Where they can decide uh, what decisions we can make. They decide where we're going to go in our lives and form this age as man. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Dom, are you in an Italian restaurant? Yeah, that's not me. Yeah, who is that? It's not me. Sounds like a bar to me. That's what I'm hearing. Sorry. Have we been hacked? Is that Crawley? (laughs) Damn it. Let me see. (laughs) It's Crawley. There it is. There it is. (laughs) Sorry sorry about that, Tom. I I thought you you were like all of a sudden eating pasta or something. Just for the record, I don't have a link, so I can't prematurely end the broadcast. (laughs) <laughs> Thank God that, that we had to have a couple shows the other day. <laughs> Crawley was just like, bye, guys. It just ended the whole show. Yeah, that was good. Uh, John Pickus writes in four, $4 beers would do it. Um, yep. You know yeah. what I would do? 
if if I were the Ricketts and I cared about like the team and and baseball and like you know making this sport relevant to the next generation and all of that stuff that nobody cares about except us. Um, you know what I would do? I would eat whatever penalties of any contract violation that it would be. I would put every single Cubs game on marquee, stream them for free, go straight up WGN 1998. You can watch any Cubs game from anywhere. Please come watch baseball. Yeah. Period. No, that's how we all became fans. Like, right. That's why I'm so, here. So many I people. was looking for a Rays game. They were blacked out. The Cubs were on WGN. Here I am. And here you are. Exactly. And, I, you know, I've li- traveled the world. I lived in New York City for many years. There's a couple of Cubs bars you can go hang out. I met the best people from all over the country, even all over the world, just from wearing a Cubs hat on the street in Manhattan. You walk Absolutely. around with this hat, and then people are just talking to you. You know, oh, Cubs. And you sit there for a half hour on the street cor- corner to talk to them. Uh, Cody, what, what would you do to kind of turn this uh, – turn this boat around (laughs) yeah i mean i think dom put it best but you know just for the sake of being different you know i think after the deadline especially like jed has to talk like it because i i just don't think tom will but like the last time tom talked it was on marquee and he said all the wrong things so i just don't want him i honestly don't want him to do all do that again but jed you know this is like this is his responsibility like no one I mean, I didn't think we were going to be a playoff team, but man, like again, almost sixty losses at, at, losses at the All Star break. It's it's unacceptable. Not, not for this for this organization now. And like again, this is post twenty sixteen. If this was before twenty sixteen, this just would have been another year to me. Probably wouldn't be this angry or as angry as I am every day, and all of that. And that's how all the fans are, right? That's yeah. that's the thing. That's why a lot of us are angry. We have the right to to be angry. And again, I, I understand teams go through retool years or rebuilds, whatever, but like we just had a full on rebuild a decade ago. We shouldn't be doing two of them in a decade. You know what I mean? So like, I think Jed needs to, you know, he, I, to me, he just has to be more transparent. I don't know if he can actually do that, but he, I, I would, I would just like an explanation. I mean, I know they, the last time he talked was right after that 10 game losing streak, but like, that was before the deadline. Now, after the deadline, after all these moves are made and like the dust has settled, I think he ha- he has to do he-, he needs to basically do what you know what Dom said Tom needs to do, except from a front office ba- state. Like find the relationship. Yes, exactly. And it, to me, it's. It seems like they're dangling carrots right now. You know, like even when Crane Kenny came out and said that BS about, oh, we're going to roll over the payroll, keep oh, buying $8 hot dogs, oh, yeah. and, and and it'll be on the field in no time. It seems like the old wheelbarrows full of money from the, the marquee network line. And I'm, I'm just wondering how many times they've already burned through the season ticket holder list. They, You know, they've done the whole thing. Like it, 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 I've been called – I went from – 20,000 to zero, you know, like <laughs> in, in, in one off season. So I know they burn through it and then they're pounding you for cheap tickets. They're giving $10 tickets to college students and on days they can't sell it. Um, they're just uh, sending it, sending it out there like that. You see the stub hub float. Um, it's, it's yeah. cheap. And so I, I'm just, you know, they got to turn it around somehow. Otherwise we're, we're in for, uh, I mean, kind of a longer rebuild. <laughs> well, so, let, let's, let's kind of be honest here is, is that, 
we, for a lot of us that were long, long suffering Cub fans, and I've gone to hundreds and hundreds of games, season ticket holder for over 20 years, blah, blah, blah. Y'all heard it. But it, 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 imagine being poor one, you know, for most of your life. And then one day you're rich and you get to see how rich people live. And then all of a sudden you have to go back to being poor. It makes it that much tougher, right? It's almost better if you never even knew what rich yeah. people live like. Okay. So Cubs sucked. We were poor. We were awful. My whole life. My dad waited till he was 40 to see the Cubs in the postseason for the first time in his life. Okay. I got a little bit luckier. I had a couple more years. I got to see some. And then finally, when, when Theo came and all of a sudden things started clicking, the Cubs were the organization that we always dreamed they would be. We were the best. We were spending money. Every free agent wanted to come here. We were, we were, you know, thank you, Tom. Anyone remember those days at CubsCon? Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Well, they still say okay. two of those. They st- still say yeah. two of those three those words. words. Right. Yeah, yeah. The first word is they'll switched out at this but point. But the point of it being, I am so afraid we're going to become the Pirates. I don't think we are. But I will tell you this: is that it is a very hard sell right now to sit there and. It would probably help if they were just honest and say, and I think someone, Kurt, if you put Kurt's comment at 830, is that I think that there was an issue for a lot of years with drafting and player development, okay? And so the Cubs did a good job with that for a while. They had some good first-round picks, but they didn't hit on the back end of those drafts, the second, third, fourth round, right? No, you're totally right. They did not develop pitching, and so the good players that you did have – you had to get rid of to get pitching because you were in win-now mode, okay? Right. So when you talk about Dylan Cease, Eloy Jimenez, Glabar Torres, Jaime Candelario, you're getting rid of these guys to cover up a problem that you have, and now you kind of have this twofold problem. So you had cheap position players, and you paid for pitching, right? And what was supposed to happen is pitching was supposed to develop, and as those players, those position players got paid more, then you'd start having younger pitching, and that – Part of the payroll goes down. Everything works out great. We're all happy. But that didn't happen. Now, the Cubs have made organizational changes that I think will be for the better. But you have to sit there and tell fans, we told you we weren't going to have to do it again, but we were wrong. We made errors. And now you have to trust us again. And that's not a popular message. And that ain't going to sell tickets, guys. Uh, I, I mean, you guys know about Craig Breslow. You know about Justin Stone. You know about the uh, Dan Kantrovitz. Guys that are, I think that they have in place are better than the guys that they had before. I'm looking at what they're developing in the minors. And a lot of those guys, a lot of even some of their best players, you know, are going to be either in high A or double A by the end of this season. We'll see where it all ends up. Um, so, you know, a couple more promotions today. I think it's going to be good. Just nobody wants to hear it. We got used to being the rich team that was rolling everybody. We were like, you know, we thought we were going to be the National League version of the Yankees. And instead, we're going to have, we're kind of, I don't think we're as bad as we were back in 2012. I know it feels that way. And I know the losses may end up like that. But there's no way that I think that this, this current Cubs doesn't have the super high end guys like Chris Bryant and those type of guys in the system. But I think what they do have is a lot of depth. Yeah. And you hope that a couple of those guys break out. Well, and uh, there's uh, Nick G points out in the chat that 16 of 20 pitchers they drafted shows the change right there. And we're going to talk about all that with uh, Greg Hus. Hus from out, outside, uh, which it's outside the, uh, out of the vines. Out of the vines, yes. Yeah. But, but that, well, that's his, uh, 
his uh, it's actually Growing Cubs podcast, and uh, and also um, Alex from Alex Pat from Sports Chat is going to come on. Um, just final words from Cody and from Dom. Uh, Cody, uh, where can everybody find you? And uh, what what are you looking mm-hmm. for the rest of this year? Uh, oh, so first off, uh, Danny, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man um, thank you for sure. And yeah, CHGO. Uh, we do live shows on YouTube every day. Every team in Chicago, we got Bears, Bulls, White Sox. If you're weird and like both teams in the city, um, did I, who did I miss? The Bulls and us, obviously. The, the Sting? Cubs. Are they still yeah. a team? <laughs> well, we even we even got Red Stars in in the in the Chicago sky too. Uh, we just it's a startup. We started up in in March. Um, it's really cool. We got an office down in the West Loop. Um, yeah, uh, chgo underscore sports on YouTube. Check it out. Um, me and it's for Cubs. It's me, Luke Stuckmeyer, Ryan Herrera, and Jared Willis. Uh, Corey Freeman and Brendan Miller are also part of it. Um, so yeah, we got a really good team. So definitely check it out. Um, now, as far as the rest of the season, yeah, man, I, it's kind of a lot of what Evan said when he was here earlier. Um, you know, it's all about the minor leagues. I I have mentally accepted that they're probably going to sell half the roster. So um, you know, we checking in on Matt Mervis's numbers in AAA and checking in on, you know, how PCA does in the second half. As far as guys on the major league team, I mean, I'd love to see Steele and Thompson finish this year strong. They've honestly been like the the blessing for this team. Christopher Morell as well. I mean, I'm kind of bought in on Morell already, but some people I've talked to still, you know, like I said earlier, a lot of people compare him to Junior Lake, like Dan. Like Dan. Yeah, like I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we'd love to see like guys like that just finish the year strong and, you know, kind of like what Evan was talking about with the minor league guys and how like the, you know, the the vibe they're creating down there, everyone caring and stuff. It, it, if if that's if that's true, like you know, and that comes that that flows up on top of maybe the Cubs finally spending some money. Maybe this team will be better than we really expect next year. But again, like it, we got a while before that even gets there. So. Um, it's always darkest yeah. before the dawn. Yeah, yeah. Co- but Cody, I- can you just do me a favor, Cody? I need you to tell Luke Stuckmeyer, beer money forever. <laughs> the greatest <laughs> show, <laughs> the greatest show Chicago sports has ever produced. Yeah. And, uh, how about how about you, Dom? How you gonna how you gonna keep warm at the at, and uh, keep it gully the the last uh, couple months of this season? Yeah, I mean we're gonna keep doing the Twitter Spaces. Every I love week. them. I love uh, them. Yeah, They're thank fun. you for joining Danny and Cody. I, you know, I'm hoping to get more people on that that disagree, or maybe the folks that are always chirping at me for for God knows what. You know, I'll have a civil, cordial conversation with you, and we'll chat this out. I I know it's impossible to get Cubs fans on the same page, and I'm not trying to make every Cubs fan agree with one another, but I think, uh, you know, obviously speaking to another human uh, allows each individual to find common ground. And that's what I try to do, you know, and my positive Danny to take away from all this. Uh, I know everyone's been talking about the players, Steele, Thompson, Morrell, Nico Horner. My positive is that Tom Ricketts has a lot of money and when he wants to change things, <laughs> he can. And, and that, you know what, for as thick as that sounds, that's what I'm going with. It's not like we're the Pirates. It's not like we are literally at the bottom of the barrel here. Tom Ricketts has a ton of money, and if he wants to spend on God he knows can. who, he can. Yeah, you're absolutely right about absolutely. that. And we, we should demand it. I'm, I might make a sign on a cardboard box. Make a sign, Danny. Yeah, I'm going to make a sign. Or, or like last September, I'll just ask him to spend on the team. 
Be like, yeah. why is a team, Tom? I'll tell well, him yet once again. That's going to go <laughs> into the annals of history because that, I mean, we, we might be bringing up that next year and the year after that if things don't change. Danny, I wish I would have recorded what we were talking about with Tom at the opening of Club 400 Chicago, and I can't okay. remember for the life of me. Oh, you mean when he told uh, <laughs> Matt Cameron that that they couldn't sign uh, Correa because we'd get we'd lose like the seventh pick in the second round or something like that? I think I had one eye open. Uh, let me tell you, Tom. <laughs> well, you, you, Crawley had him cornered in the kitchen. It was it was an ugly moment, and I'm standing there with Matt Carabin, like, "Oh, this isn't going well at all." <laughs> but uh, well, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with Greg Huss and Alex Pat, and we're going to talk about the minor leagues. We're, I'm sure, I'm positive, we're going to get some hope from that. I'm positive. So we'll be right back. Uh, stick tuned. If you're like most Americans, you buy shit. Lots of shit. Sometimes you buy shit for other people. Sometimes you buy shit for yourself. And sometimes you buy shit you have to buy just to stay alive. So why not buy shit through the Sunranto affiliate links at sunranto.com slash shopping. We've got tons of shit you can buy. Go to sunranto.com, click on the shopping link, then click our ads and buy shit. We've got Amazon. They've got tons of shit. But you can also buy MLB shit, NBA shit, NFL shit, Fans Ed shit, Southwest Airlines shit, Fanatic shit, Reebok shit, Wine of the Month shit, Beer of the Month shit, Bear Mattress shit, StubHub shit, Lid shit, Sports Memorabilia shit, Volcanica Coffee shit, Vibrator shit, Condom shit, Bag shit, NHL shit, and Audible Membership shit. There's a whole lot of shit that can help the Sun Ranto Show stay on the air so we can keep talking shit. So buy shit today through sunranto.com slash Shopping. Thanks. Cubs Jesus thinks you're the shit. Man, I missed that commercial where you had the <laughs> where you had the vibrator that looks like a baguette. <laughs> uh, well, it's true. You can you can buy vibrators through the Sun Ranto link, and um, I don't know, it'd be more pleasure than this season. I'll tell you that much. Um, <laughs> when you need something to take your mind off of take, it, take your mind off of things. Uh, I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Greg Huss uh, at Out of the Vines on Twitter and Shy Fan Pat, um, who's apparently in his evil lair. He's <laughs> <laughs> always in an evil lair. Just I thought he was I, taking his senior year pictures. I needed to be in the dark. I need to be in the dark because it's a perfect metaphor of where we're at right now. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, it's well I I feel like for from everybody we've talked to tonight so far we've gotten a little bit of clarity that we that at least the fans don't know what the hell's going on. So at least we're all together on that. Um it's it's uh It'll it'll be fine, guys. I swear to God, it'll be fine. If you're if you're just tuning into the show, if you hashtag chance in the chat, you can win a uh, Frank Chance postcard sent to you by me with a message of love. Did you find more of those? Uh, I found a few more, but I, I have two more. There's only two left. These are uh, <laughs> limited these are- availability, limited run, people. Yeah, after that, I'm just gonna send you pictures of Crawley. <laughs> 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 It's just as good. Are we talking about in the berm in spring training with no yeah, shirt? Yeah, just yeah, just crawly shirtless on the berm is. I'd pay for that, Poppy. Yeah, <laughs> that's worth more than the chance postcard. So uh, why you could get that anytime? Crawley, <laughs> crawly generally just takes his shirt off. So 
So uh, let me introduce everybody. Uh, we got uh, Greg Huss from the Growing Cubs podcast, uh, Northside Bound, right, is the name of the, yep. the, the yep. blog. Nailed and it. then uh, we got Alex Pat from, is it Sports Chat? Well, is that so the blog? Well, uh, Sports Chat is my personal blog, which I haven't updated in a while. So uh, you could say from fan side, and I write there all the time, Cubs news, Cubs analysis, Cubs history, which is a lot of fun. Uh the Cubs history really got me through the uh, the lockout as well as the pandemic shortened season because when there was no baseball going on, it was fun just looking up random shit and just writing about it in history. Hey, did you know in 1938 there was this game where this guy did this thing? I did a lot of that for a while. But, yeah, check me out at Fansided for sure. Hey, that might help out right now, too, with this crappy team. So let's yeah, just talk exactly. about the olden days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yep. I don't know, the, the, the good old days weren't always good, as Billy told us. <laughs> right. I mean, let's talk about the guys that we have, you know? Like, we don't have the the first-round pick dudes, but, like, like, we have guys who have been with our team since the day they were drafted in the – you know, 18th round or something like that. And they've stuck with it the whole way with no pay and no signing bonus. And they're still here and they're doing well. And like, those are cool stories too. Yeah. They, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of ways you can kind of look at some positivities. The unfortunate thing is it's not adding up to wins in the baseball season. And so you don't have the ultimate, like, you know, prize to really go after. But I, I, I do want to kind of talk about, um, you know, some of the minor leaguers that are up. And, and like you said, Morrell, and I wanted to save Morrell, even though he's been mentioned a couple times on this show already. And something Evan said earlier in the show about how Morrell is competing at a higher level pretty much than he has almost the, his entire career. Mm-hmm. Like here's a guy between double A and triple uh, A in 2021 had an OPS of 729. With the big league club, it's almost 100 points higher. So, uh, I mean, talk to me about Morel, uh, a, a morale a- athlete. We just were had Dom on the show. What what did Christopher Morel find in Chicago or within the last couple of years? Uh, Greg, you've been watching him for yeah. longer than us. He, he learned how to not swing and miss and learned how to take walks, and you, like, can't really predict that. I mean, I, I had I had Morel like, coming into the season, like, down around, like, ranked 20th in the system or so I think like 18 something like that and it was because he like he just learned last year how to start taking his taking some more walks he was still striking out quite a bit um swinging and missing through a lot of pitches and it's like all of a sudden this year he came up to the bigs and then stopped swinging and missing and he was drawing a bunch of walks like like, who is this guy it's like he's always had like the loud tools like him hitting the ball two million miles an hour that's a fact and playing really good defense, showing off the arm, stuff like that. Like he's always had that stuff. It's just the the taking good abs that he wasn't doing. And yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of hard to predict for anybody to do. And he did it. Yeah, we call those ass stats. Yeah, that's an ass show. stat on this show. You yeah, pulled that stat, stat out of your out ass. Out of your ass, yeah. One, but, <laughs> one million uh, miles. Uh, and what I want to know though is. How many more at bats does he still need in AAA to be called a major leaguer? Because that seems to be that was always the story. These guys had to have a certain amount of at bats, or else there was no possible way that they could play. I think that's an old story now. They brought him up pretty much from Double A at this point, and uh, you know, Alex, what what do you kind of see? I know you kind of said you wanted to talk about some of the young guys. 
Yeah, I mean, with Morrell, the thing is, is that we've, we we kind of know what his weaknesses are. I mean, we have seen him get into ruts. We have seen him have some kind of crappy ABs. But the thing that you notice, too, is that you remember when he was batting leading off and he started to struggle, and then he was moved down, and all of a sudden he started to hit again. I mean, personally, I think a lot of it is just kind of mentality. I think he's in a good spot mentally, and he reflects it on the field, too. How many people try to fist bump the umpires? <laughs> you don't see you don't see that kind of stuff. And How I many think people don't get thrown out after that. <laughs> no, exactly, because they think, oh, you're just screwing with me. But I mean, this is a guy that truly enjoys the game, and I think it also really helps that he's got a guy like Wilson Contreras on the team to kind of help him. I was at the game against the Brewers where he hit the walk-off sack fly. That was the game where he was down two strikes. And he looked back at Wilson and he said, just just breathe, just breathe. I mean, this is where I think a lot of the, the mental aspects of the game come from. And you can look at his whole career uh, with this because long time ago, I think it was 2015, like right around when he first became a professional player, it was sometime around there, he got into an accident and there was, uh, you know, a physical problem with him. And getting over that kind of thing is not always easy and I think there's something to be said about just being in the right mental place. I mean, we saw this year he was tearing it up in AAA. I mean, that could do a lot of confidence for you. He was putting up incredible numbers. And I remember when he was still in AAA thinking, you know, maybe we see this guy get promoted soon to uh, to, uh, AAA sometime this year. And I think that just being in that right place mentally and having guys on the team like Wilson Gutierrez for now – I think that goes a long way for him. I think that uh, he's in a really good spot, and even there's going to be struggles. We know this. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be adjustment periods. But the fact that he got this great taste in the big leagues that that he did you, better than I thought he would get, I, I think that that goes a long way for him. I really do. I got to tell you, I just love the Borat mentality of everything that he does. He reminds me of Borat in the way that Borat kisses everybody, and everyone's kind of like, eh. Like the way he just kind of comes and grabs and holds and tries to hug people that don't even know him. It's a drunk crawly, basically. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, well, I saw actually somebody was like giving him crap about that. They're like, he's creepy. He just no! stopped touching him. Like, he's literally the sweetest thing. What? Well, and, you, and you've been watching him IFG since he played for the Aguilas, all Dominican, and you've followed yeah, a lot of international yeah, he, he baseball. Played the whole- yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, so I'm a big Aguilas fan. I follow Leadom as well as a few other leagues. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Christopher played for for my winter league team, and he was he was an absolute delight to watch. And I know, that, like, you pulled up the numbers. I never follow numbers. I don't understand them anyway. I don't care very much. I look at what I see on the field, and if it makes me happy, then I'm happy about it. Um, and. I enjoyed watching Christopher. He was an absolute delight the entire season long. And I remember like tweeting out, like, you guys should be paying attention to Christopher. He's in our system. Like you need to watch him because he's good. Like there's something about this kid and I'm I'm so excited to see where he's going. And I'm not at all surprised to see that he's thriving here at this level. And it's because funny because some- he wasn't on anybody's prospect list. Like Greg yeah. just said he had him twentieth out of our guys, not even a national list. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is he was a, a this- delight. 
So and and like you said, you can't predict it. Now, here's the other thing you can't predict is what the hell's going to happen with the guys we just drafted. Who I kind of want to look in at right now. Cade Horton going number one out of Oklahoma. Uh, he was a draft eligible <laughs> sophomore, missed 2021 because of Tommy John. Yeah. Put himself into the first round consideration with a phenomenal run during the College World Series that culminated with a finals record 13 strikeouts in the game. He's a power pitcher, upper 90s, got a slider at, in the about 90, um, and he just hasn't pitched a heck of a lot. But uh, yeah. it's this is a what they're calling a uh, a high ceiling, low floor. High risk, high reward. High risk, yeah. yeah, high risk uh, pick. So I'll ask you, uh, Greg and Alex, if you've been uh, first. You, Greg, I guess. Um, uh, had you was this a surprise to you that they went with? Yeah. <laughs> no, this all the mock drafts were bullshit. Am I right? Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. the like the thing is, I mean, so when the seventh pick came around, Cam Collier and and. Brooks Lee, like there, there were several guys still on the board that was like, oh, like they're hitters, and this is what the, the draft is known for this year are the hitters. Uh, and then the Cubs pop Cade, Cade Horton. It's like, what is going on? Now, like, I, there was a lot of like uproar, but like, oh, this is the worst pick ever. It's like, okay, I mean, we, we, we cannot possibly say this is the worst pick ever. Like, we can't, like, we just can't do it. That's a tall order. <laughs> yeah, we, no, it's true. We can be surprised by the pick, and like, I sure as hell was, but uh, like, we can't say it was a bad pick at this point. I mean, it, I've seen people like citing his like season, season long stats this year, and like, though that doesn't do any good because I mean, he was coming back from Tommy John. Um, the first half of the season was really bad, and then by the time he got to the conference tournament, he learned how to throw that new slider, and he was throwing the, the, the fastball, picked up a few ticks, and he had the slider, and he became a completely different pitcher. If you look at the stats from the conference tournament through the College World Series, completely different dude. So, I mean, just you can be disappointed in the strategy and all that good stuff, but like, don't be disappointed in like citing his full season-long numbers because that doesn't really mean shit. Yeah, and how how long do you think uh, until we would maybe see him at Wrigley? I'd imagine like if, high A probably next year to start off the year. I I don't know that he he might not get any innings in this year because he's coming off Tommy John from last year. You know, so I mean he he threw a decent amount of innings at Oklahoma. He might get a couple innings in it low A or high A this year, but I'd imagine high A and double A next year, which yeah, puts him on track for twenty four ish, twenty five. So. Teams used to have like a short season or something like that that these guys would go to. Where do they go now? I mean, do they Arizona? Yeah, Arizona. I was going to say, do, do we have an Arizona like developmental league or something? Basically, like that? It's, yeah. yeah, it's mm-hmm. like you got the Arizona like complex, and because Manfred doesn't like baseball, he for season teams, and right. so that's why that's why like low A has been a, a lot of super young dudes. It's like all these like eighteen year old playing at, at low A. It's like what on earth is going on? It's because they don't have a short season team to play for. So. Yeah, these dudes are got drafted and then just go down to Arizona and like working everybody's favorite pitch lab or or hitting lab or whatever. So I know people yeah. love hearing about that. <laughs> and uh, how about how about you, Alex? Were you surprised by that pick uh, for them to take uh, somebody that nobody was <laughs> really clocking? I mean, the highest I saw him picked was the first round at the end of it. Like they, somebody had the Braves having him at thirty, maybe or something like that, twenty nine. Yeah, I mean, I was definitely surprised by it. And, you know, my initial reaction was a bit of a head scratcher just considering who was still on the board. But here's my thing is sometimes I feel like with the MLB draft, 
we get into that kind of NBA NFL mode. And we got to remember drafting position for a baseball team is not the same as drafting a position for the NBA or especially the National Football League. Yeah. We're not talking about drafting our star quarterback. We're not talking about drafting the next great point guard. We're talking about drafting guys that are going to take several years to develop. Sure, exactly. you know, you, you know, yeah. The first base position is kind of a hole, sure. So, oh, why didn't we draft a first baseman or something? Well, it's like you're not going to get that solution next year. Sure, mm-hmm. it's a need, but it's not like it's going to be immediate fix. So why not go after a need for the organization, period? Power Someone's going to end up a, third, a first baseman. Like- yeah. Right, right. Yeah. And people yeah. forget Justin Steele was drafted in what, 2014, Greg? Yeah, I mean it was it was a long. Like, these guys right. took so long to come up. You, you're right. just you're seeing like, them now. Yeah, you know, Alex, I mean, Alex, you're spot on. Like it, it's it's it's. I forget. I think Brett Taylor might have said might have posted a tweet about it uh, earlier this week, where it's like the if you look at the draft board after the draft's complete, it's not a ranking of the top prospects one through thirty or one through however many. It's Absolutely it is not. you're constantly trying to work work numbers. I think he also referenced that like basically the Cubs did the equivalent of like trading down in the draft. Like you're trading like pick number seven and pick number whatever, and then you're getting two middle. I mean, Kate Horton was ranked like 20th, according to mm-hmm. MLB Pipeline, mm-hmm. and Jackson Ferris, who was a second-round pick, was ranked 19th. So basically mm-hmm. you're just you're, you're trading picks, and it, it's not the same. Like Alex said, it's not the same as like drafting your franchise quarterback. That well, is let, not Let's happen. talk about two through five. Jackson Ferris, another pitcher. Christopher Pacciola, uh, a shortstop from Temecula. And then I love this guy, drafted 113 overall. Fourth, <laughs> Neil Nazi- is such a good name. Oh, is I can't it, wait to see Nazir? I, I think it's Nazir Mule. I think. Na- Nazir Mule. Mule. Nazir Mule. I mean, and then I'll he's, take it. That's I mean, good. Hey, it's just what they call him out in New Jersey. That's where he's from. And then uh, Brandon Birdsell is another pitcher. So you got four pitchers out of the top five and a, and a shortstop from Temecula. So out of out of this group here, uh, Greg, what do you see? I mean, uh, it, anybody that was on your radar before this whole thing started? No, uh, honestly, last week? Uh, honestly, none of them. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> here's what I'll say. It, it's, it's the way they attack this draft is very much so like, a lot of the high risk, high reward type guys where I think that fits really well in the system right now, because like, I think you guys were talking about it before I came on. Like there is a lot of depth in the system right now. So because there's that depth, you can afford to take some risk and just really gun for some high ups. Like you need a top of the rotation starter. I mean, there's a lot of guys in the system. I like a lot at pitcher DJ hers and Caleb Killian and uh, Cole Franklin, Ryan. Jen- there, there's guys that are good pitchers. Are they number one pitchers in the major leagues? Probably not. They could be like a, a three, but I don't, I don't think they're a one. So you can afford to take a take a risk on Cade Horton or Jackson Ferris or, or Brandon Birdsell and say, okay, if he fizzles out, I'd rather that not happen. But there's also a chance he, he becomes a number one. So I think you can take that risk when you've built the system that's currently in place right now. It's kind of exciting. Yeah, exactly. Greg, what is IMG Academy? And, and how, I mean, tell me about, because I kept hearing IMG Academy. I, I mean, like, is that just a baseball factory it, down in Florida? It's one of those prep schools. I, they, they, they uh, do all sorts of sport. I mean, I, I know they're big in football too. They'll recruit. Yeah, it's uh, a, it's a sports high school in Florida. Um, Anna Kornikova famously went there. She, like, back in the 90s. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how those things work. To be clear, I mean, they're they're a prep school with sports focus, but they I mean, also claim it's, also it's a boarding school okay. for yeah. sports. That's yeah. literally what it's there for. Yeah, yeah. So they, every year there's like ten guys drafted at IMG. Like the Cubs last year got a guy out of IMG Academy, yeah. Drew Gray. Your so your your weird. English writing class is just signing autographs. <laughs> as far as I know, you I see do. modern autographs, so they're shitty. They're doing a bad job at that, even man. I, mean, <laughs> I still can't tell what the hell Kyle Schwarber's writing. Yeah, how about penmanship? That's what they should teach. Have Andre Dawson teach it, man. He's in Florida. His <laughs> autograph is beautiful. It really is. So, um, so yeah, it's it's an interesting uh, class. I mean. It, I, I, looking at the minor leagues, Christopher Morrell comes out of nowhere. Uh, what other surprises when you look at some of the young guys? And I'll, I'll throw this to you, Alex. Uh, what when you look at some of the young guys that are just maybe on the cusp of coming up, um, you know, uh, or even that some of the young guys that are on our team, like a Keegan Thompson, who's only been around for a little bit, or or a Justin Steele. Like, kind of, what are you looking for, at, at, in, like building around them in the developments, like? What steps do you see? Like, what do you do? You, are you in? Do you have a pipeline vision? Are you seeing this as just like in in a in a in a way that maybe they're seeing it? Like that you or that you hope they're seeing it? That as are you time asking moves if on, he has tunnel vision? Yeah, do you have pipeline? <laughs> well, I think you have to have a little bit of tunnel vision just to be a Cubs fan. But if you if you but what I'm it saying helps. is, like, are you seeing the process? Like, you look at the. The whole uh, organization from top to bottom. Are you like? What's the plan, man? Yeah, are you seeing it? Like, oh, like I, I see the genius in some of this. Like, are you seeing it, or are you just because like, all oh, of us fuck? we're going? Is it I got Lee? no clue. What's yeah, this probably going to be terrible forever? I yeah. guess we should just get used to it. Are you Please buying a Jed We Trust shirt? Is that what I'm asking you? I don't know. Here's the thing, guys. Here's something we have to establish right off the bat. Unlike Theo's rebuild, this is not linear. With Theo's rebuild, you had that plan, that plan going up. It was gradual, and it was very well and in detail laid out. But, but, you know, stay with me here. This is not to say that this next phase isn't going to work. I just feel like this phase is going to be a bit more, I guess, I don't know if trial and error is the right word, but... We have a much deeper system now, I believe, than what we had kind of during the rebuild. But with the rebuild is we were building a solidified core, and that solidified core had a much more established pedigree. Why? Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, what did those guys have in common? They were drafted out of college. They had a pedigree to them. What did Javier Baez have? He was drafted by Jim Hendry. He'd been in the system a while. He had a pedigree to him. Wilson Contreras, he'd been in the system since, what, 09? He well, kind of built himself a pedigree. To it. Yeah, when he was like 15, 16 years yeah. old, right? He, mean, was, yeah. he was a kid, yeah. 14? Yeah. It's, it's, been, it's been a while. So what we have now is very raw. It's much, you know, look at Christian Hernandez. He's a teenager. Pete Crow Armstrong, we didn't know who he was until we got him in the tray last year. He was young. He was coming off injuries. James Triantos, a kid I really like. His high school days, he was a star. He's 18, 19 years old. These guys have a lot of growing to do, a lot of these top prospects. Really, Brennan Davis is the one that we've come acquainted with over the past few years. You know, one, he's a good prospect. Two, he was really the only big 
hitting prospect you had for a little while that was worth noting before we kind of revamped this farm system. So it's all kind of on a different level right now. You know, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, and other prospects, they all came up around the same time. Jorge Soler, Javier Baez, within the end of 2014 and the beginning of 2015. This is going to be a little different. We're already seeing potential young pieces like Danny mentioned, Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, Christopher Morrell. And in a few years, you're going to see Caleb Killian hopefully come up and be more of a, a presence, a regular MLB guy. You know, he came up for a little bit. He's still got some work to do. And you're going to see guys more come, I think, at at different times. This isn't all going to kind of come together at the same time like the Theo rebuild did, which it doesn't really give you as much of a solidified plan, but what it does give you is flexibility within your system, knowing that as guys come up, there will be more guys that come up as well. So this means that as we go forward over the next few years, you're going to have to go out and you're going to have to make moves because if you want to turn into a contender Soon, you can't rely on all these top prospects coming up at once because it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen necessarily soon. Christian Hernandez, we might not see him until 25, 26. Same with a guy like Triantos. PCA, we might see him in 24. Uh, Jordan Wicks, who I am very high on. He's one of my favorite prospects sometime next year. It's going to be different times. So you're going to use some of these prospects to make trades. You're going to have to use the money that you get from the marquee network and the sports book and everything that Tom has under his mattress. You're going to have to use that and bring the rollover, guys in. The rollover yeah. cash, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like to picture Tom Rickett sleeping on this big lumpy bed that's just filled with cash. And oh, my back hurts, but it's so worth it because I got all this money. I see Scrooge, <laughs> Scrooge McDuck diving into the oh, vault. Yeah. What I see. <laughs> Whenever yeah. I hear about lumpy mattresses, I just think of Rizzo not being able to play for three weeks after oh, going yeah. to Cincinnati. It's so funny because he and I were on the same like trick back schedule for about three seasons in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I think one year I skipped it and I was like, oh, maybe we'll get away with it. And then nope. <laughs> I will say, and this is going back, Ernie Banks used to have these little sayings all the time before each season. They'd say, Let's Ernie, play two. We've heard it. No, they would ask him about the season, and he would kind of throw something out. So I'm going to go with this one here, right? The Cubs are going to do more in 2024. The Cubs are going to thrive in 2025. Now, everyone asked me about 2023. I haven't come up with anything good other than that the, they'll smell like pee or it something comes like that. <laughs> I really don't. I really don't got much on 2023. I'm still workshopping it. The Cubs will suck dicks in 2026. (laughs) Well, then there's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah. If if we're bad in 2026, there is a real problem. But Greg, you have to say that some of these guys, like uh, you know, with all this new talent coming in, some of the older guys got to start looking over their shoulder and producing. And that's another thing that you're going to have to take a look at, you know, like the guys that have been like Trenchy Ambroni and stuff like that. They're like 20 years, you know, in the minors. It's like, you don't have a lot of time left because you're going to start getting pushed out. Yeah. I mean, I I think that the, the old, the old guard of prospects, uh, I mean, they're they're probably, they've got some, some real top prospects nipping on their heels a little bit. And I, I think the same goes for, I mean, I know that there's plenty of, uh, Patrick wisdom, like speculate trade speculation too, but, uh, if he's not traded this year, then all right. How much? How much longer? How many more years does he have as a starting player on this Chicago Cubs team? I mean, next year probably because we don't know how good the team. The team's not going to be as good next year. 
Um, but I'm just thinking it, 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 you might as well trade him. You're getting more value out of, out of trading a guy like Patrick Wisdom this year than you are. Absolutely. He's not going to be a, a starting player on the next good on, on Jed's next great Cubs team. You John, know? John, so. John Vasky writes in, I think we all agree the Cubs will suck in 23. <laughs> that, that's or a I, winner, man. I like this one. Nick G says, 2023? I guess we'll see. <laughs> oh, I like that. I, I like that, that a lot. Who knows what this offseason is going to bring? I like that one. <laughs> it's, It'll it's, be it's weird, different here. but like, I'm not willing to hope for anything before 24, I think. No, no. I, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if we were. I'm know. saying we get Juan Soto this year empty the farm sure. let's go for it right Start now you got a healthy I mean, stroke miley comes back you, you just you just uh, sweep the board you, you i mean what what did you say we had to do to go 500 this year let's do it oh, uh, i don't care 23 and 27 <laughs> I, that'll give, give anything that's not bolted down for juan soto i'm here for it and you then go- put every game on marquee and let's watch Juan Soto dominate baseball for the next fucking decade. Exactly. Like that's what I want, man. Cubs go six Cubs go sixty nine and one to finish nice. the season. Yes. And, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And and you just win the whole damn thing. Well, I always appreciate both you guys and all your work that you do, uh, Alex with Fan Sided and uh, Greg with the Growing Cubs podcast and everything. It's like there's so many different elements and we can't know it all, and people have different interests and stuff. And I love that you guys like have uh, you know different uh, aspect of Cubs fandom that you focus on. Very cool. Um, so we're gonna we're kind of we're totally running behind right now in this show. We're like a good like. Tw- uh, 15 minutes behind so we're gonna let you go and uh but crawley I, we did have a story time with crawley are you are you up for it sure all right he's like we're running late you know what else story <laughs> time drunk crawley telling stories better get some coffee I just I feel that I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring Stuart and Captain Cubbo in. We're gonna do a story time with Crawley and then uh and we're gonna let Alex and Greg go we're my gonna, story's about Alex though What's that? My story's about Alex. <laughs> His face. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> it is. Watch it later. It's fine. All right, everybody, stay in then. I'm, but I'm, I'm bringing I'm, I am bringing Stuart McVicker from Club 400 on, and the superhero himself, Captain Cubbo in the hizzy. Uh, welcome yep. to the Sunrise. We're like Fox News right now. We got like nine <laughs> windows of people. We're like one more person. We could do the Brady Butt Show. Let's do it. <laughs> we need one Bring more Sarah person. Back. So, where is she? Yeah, where, where's Sarah Sanchez? We need Don. <laughs> well, uh, so, um, well, uh, everybody's in the room. I, I guess if if anybody needs to leave, you could just go. But <laughs> I I am at any time. I you gotta want hear Crawley's to, story. Yeah, you, yeah. You I can, gotta hear this. If this is about me, what the hell? <laughs> I, so no, I, I I don't think it is, but no, I got. It is about him. It is I, about Alex. I, I, I got to play the song first. Hold on a second. Story time with Crawley, with Crawley, with Crawley. Story time with Crawley. It's Crawley story time. I'm looking at that picture. My nephew's actually here from that story time. He's about <laughs> like this tall now, but it's classic. <laughs> um, no, in 2016, as a season ticket holder. I was going to a bunch of games, obviously. I was excited. This is the season. 2015 was amazing. And I just got on this losing rut that you would not believe. I could not catch a win in the Cubs' best home record ever. And everyone keeps writing to me, hey, you and Alex are no longer allowed to go to games at all. Stop going to games. 
And I said, who's Alex? And they're like, Shifan Pat, he can't win a game. <laughs> Alex, you had an absolutely awful run as well in 2016. That's true, say? I did. Yes. Uh, here's, here's a little background on that, too, is my dad and I, it was the year I graduated college, we uh, got one of those ticket packs. So you get like six or eight games. We did it this year, and we immediately regret it, but that's a whole mm. other story. <laughs> so we did it for 16, and we got the package that had Sunday getaway games. They, the only games they lost to Wrigley that year were those Sunday getaway games. <laughs> so go Joe, Joe Madden was eating the meatloaf. That was they had already won the first two. And he's right. like, ah, we got meatloaf. Let's uh, let's just put out you know the bench basically. Right. I, I mean, mean you know, Stella's playing left or whatever. You know, Caesar was in there. Lestella was yeah. in there, yeah. and uh, Chris Coglin. Chris yeah. Coglin was in there, and there was one game against the Rockies. Actually, I've seen this. Two freaking times in 16 and 17, I've seen Tyler Chatwood own our asses in person <laughs> twice. Twice. Well, that's, yeah. That was the funny thing is I think I went on a stretch of like 10 straight losses in a row at Wrigley in 2016. It was absolutely almost unheard of. You could have thrown a dart and at the schedule and you would have probably mm-hmm. seen a win. And mm-hmm. I had a 10 in a row and Alex had a similar streak. And I'm like, I got, I got to follow Alex just because. Stop going. <laughs> but I'm not going to stop going. I, I can't, <laughs> but it was just so funny to, to like, that's how I got to know Alex is because right. And then if you guys have been watching Twitter, Kara Fagan, I think is over nine or, or, you know, Oh, and 10 this year. Yeah. And, but like this year it's more understandable. You know what I mean? But like in 2016, right. you're almost guaranteed. And that's what I missed the most is like, when I would go to games in 2015, 16, 17, you'd walk in with that strut, that swagger, and you, yep, well, I wonder how many we're going to win by today. <laughs> and and now I go to a game and it's like the baton death march. I'm like, well, I guess I got to leave Lucky Doors and finish my beer, and I guess I'll go in and watch the Cubs absolutely crush my soul one more time. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you, just from a personal level, you know, I started like considering myself a Cubs fan in 1998. The first time I saw Wrigley Field with my own eyeballs was Memorial Day weekend. I did four games in three days, won one game out of four, and left with my run differential absolutely equal to when I got there. <laughs> <sighs> That's my team. <laughs> um, so and, uh, I, I do want to welcome to the show and uh, Stuart McVicker from Club 400. Uh, welcome on. Uh, Captain Cobo is here as well. Captain, can, can you hear us now? Me hable, me comprende. Puede oír. Okay. Yeah, see, sí, perfecto. Um, I, but before we get, uh, well, Crawley, is that your story or are you going to do the other story? We'll do the other story. I'm all sorry. Right, I just right, saw well, Alex. And no, no, we, we can do the other story in a bit. I just wanted to bring Cubbo on because uh, I, I wanted that to. That wasn't even the story. No, that wasn't even the story. He, he told it. You were right about that. Michael, you were right when, when you said that if I let him tell a story, that it was going to make everything take longer. And then he didn't even tell the right fucking story. So I don't even know what the hell. I got all this. I got all this stuff. Look, I asked him to tell the story about when he got. Uh, I'll tell a story. Here, here we go. Hey, I'm, I'm gonna roll out of here, guys. Thanks you. Thank you so Greg's much. Like, I'm, oh, Greg's like, Fuck. Fuck I'm sorry. I, I didn't sign go. up. For I appreciate it, everybody. No, no, you got to You got to go. Totally understandable. But uh, but the, this. But thanks, Greg. Uh, the, no, the story was about how he became a Cubs ring bearer, which here he is with all the Cubs ring bearer people, Yay! and he got nominated and everything. And this is what I think is really cool is like 
here's Crawley uh, meeting Miguel Montero, who he gave the ring to. Mickey. And now here's that same picture signed by Miggy. Now, yeah, now here's Crawley with Miggy on the field. Now here's uh, Crawley uh, with uh, that same photograph signed. Um, the other cool thing, and this is where Stuart kind of comes into the situation, is that uh, Stuart, uh, because of the uh, – here's the ring bearer jersey that, that uh, was given to Crawley the day he gave – the jersey uh, to Miguel Montero. Well, Miguel Montero had one with Montero with the gold lettering and everything like that. Well, Stewart said, "Oh my God, we got to give this. Uh, we got to get this jersey for Crawley." And he made it. He made a freaking happen. And uh, so the other, uh, just last week or, or last winter, uh, I think it was for the Christmas party. Yeah, uh, we we gifted this Miguel Montero jersey to Crawley and now he's got the game used jersey from the game there he where he gave the ring to Miguel and so um and that I, was, I think I told that it was, faster that than that you would have that was club 400 that was the Cubs group and that of course was the ranters who were some of the most generous people I know and uh Stuart Hart as big as you can imagine and I don't know Danny if you saw the picture it is actually at the framers as we speak right now catch 22 our friend Jason Ketchum Nice. This there is, well, it is. Yeah, there so, it is right yeah, there. If you look, there's a Montero jersey. Mine's underneath. There's those oh, pictures God. that I have. If you look there, that's the actual tickets. I never even took them out of the book in 2017, so I cut them up. They're all fresh. So oh, nice. uh, when that's done, I'll make sure to send everybody pictures, and yeah. and it, it's an, it's going to be beautiful. I'll tell you that. Very cool. I and, love uh, it. It's uh, it's gonna join all your other <laughs> jerseys that you have, <laughs> which uh, we can't spill the beans. But there was a a, a game show the other day where, uh, <laughs> well, we'll have to tell this story later. But the amount of jerseys that you own came into play, and then Captain Cubbo's on the show. Your first time on the Sun Ranto show, this, the the Chicago Cubs only. I mean, official superhero, I would say. <laughs> Ronnie Woo Woo cannot fly. You can fly. I assume you just have a the cape. Just a little. So, uh, falling t- with style. T- tell me, uh, R- Captain Cubo, how did you get started uh, being Captain Cubo? What, how did this uh, come to be? You know, I'll tell you just by Crawley talking about little stories. I grew up across the street from Wrigley Field. My parents had the property from 1971 to about 1989. So it's always been in my blood, hopping in, jumping into the uh, seventh inning when I don't have a ticket, you know, to come see the games and selling souvenirs and probably being the the biggest souvenir vendor at uh, fourth grade at uh, about 150 pounds, you know. So I worked my way. It was always in my blood. And before you know it, I, uh, about 2015, you know, I'm always going into cosplay and, and um, going to, you know, dressing up here and there. And sure enough, when I saw the kids, the Cubs were doing really well, I decided, you know, let me be, let me try this character out. So the only thing that I have that's original is the cape. I obviously had a luchador mask. They didn't work out very well. It was getting too hot. I used a, uh, a rubber mask at one time that, that I transformed from uh, from a Flash character. I only used it one day because I wore it to the to, to the bleachers, and I must have should I should have had like a gutter underneath her because I sweated profusely in my face. Oh. And and lo and behold, I decided to finally come with this mask here. So 
It's always been in my blood. My dad taught me right, you know, on, on, since I grew up across the street, having this in, you know, in, in, inside of me. And lo and behold, little by little, with, with, with Marvel, you know, coming out about, I decided, hey, why don't I just keep going with this and see what happens? And lo and behold, Captain Cubble was alive, and I just keep growing off of it. I keep, you know, adding more to it and uh, trying to be the superhero. Despite, you know, how bad things are, I can at least make them chuckle or laugh a little bit or take a picture and take their minds off of what's going on back at the park. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Well, you're definitely a, one of the – I mean, I love – you're always down there. You really cover the games. You're you're out in the stands. You're hanging out with people. You're taking pictures. You're just a, like a wonderful part of the fabric of Wrigley Field. And uh, I really appreciate what you did recently. Uh, longtime uh, watchers of the Sun Ranto show know that recently I, I chopped a cup snake in half. And let, let me just show the video. See this. I haven't seen the video yet. <laughs> <laughs> you see, you see, I kick, kick it at the end. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it was an act of violence. I, I will admit, but it, you're trying to help me out. Here. You're trying to help me out here, Mister uh, Captain, uh, because you're you've made me a, a cup chopping glove. So, like, check this out. You're very. <laughs> <laughs> very great here here it is the other side there's the other side of it it's got the two side beer snake chopping glove and you even like have a little prototype of there's me <laughs> in shorts with my giant glove on and chopping you can kind of see and there no you you have them live here let me see if i can make you the uh Oh, there we go we did well, no like put them on that see that's it no they they gonna let me bring that to the bleachers yeah, as long as uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, I I can put it in my pants or something. I don't know. Don't worry, I can hide it in my cape behind my cape for you. <laughs> there you go. Just hand hand it off for something. I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna have to go to Ball Hawk and have him throw it over the left field fence. Yes. That, that's hey, the only way that's coming I, in. I bring these to the ball game, so I know. Oh, that's a great segue. <laughs> so you're drinking a Club 400 beer, no, and we. I don't drink. I'm just promoting for my buddy here. Exactly. Club 400 beer, the baseball drinking beer. And Stuart McVicker, who has done so much for Cubs fandom and for a lot of people in need by starting Club 400, the world's best man cave uh, or award-winning fan cave uh, in Lake in the Hills, Illinois, had Contreras out there, Montero, I mean, Javi, uh, Schwindel, and we, we, I mean the list goes on. It's like too many people to name most. Rick, it's players out here so far. So. How many? But we've had over forty players. Yeah, exactly. Like so I can we could, players, yeah. we could sit here all night and I could I could list them all. But the the way that it all started um, was by uh, well you you raise money for uh, your friend Nick who needed right. a leg. He was missing a leg. Uh, Ricketts came out. You raise enough money for the leg, and you're like, "Hey, it's a good idea. Everybody likes coming out here. We'll get a cater." Da da da. And uh, recently, you've started a new program where you're bringing people to baseball games. You want to tell me a little bit about how that's going? Uh, what that's all about? And yeah, I mean, we're how we're, it started? Allowed, we're allowed to do uh, two large events every year at Club 400. We work with the city. I mean, that you know, we work with the police. We get noise permits and everything. So we uh, we work together, so we're allowed two events. 
And like uh, we just had an event May 27th. Marcus Stroman came out. It was an awesome time. I was looking for an infl- infield fly girl. She didn't show up. I don't know where she was. <laughs> I tried. I tried so hard. My ride had COVID. And we had a, we had a great time on that. We raised uh, $31,349 that night. Uh, portion went to the Lost Boys. Uh, Danny uh, Levante, he's awesome. And it was a charity that I had my eye on a long time to help out. And then uh, Marcus Stroman, HDMH Foundation. Which, by the way, our first event that I didn't actually hook us up. Like, Crowley was uh, behind the scenes making this happen. And uh, I thought, man, what better player to bring out with Marcus Stroman just because, uh, you know, his excitement that he brings to the ballpark every single day. And uh, oh, he yeah. brought it. He, we, the Stroll Show is definitely in the house on May 27th here. Uh, but like I said, we only allowed to do two events a year. So I was thinking last year um, – I was tagged on Facebook many a times about um, this a girl named Nicole wanted to take her friend Heather to one last Cub game. So she was in hospice and everything. And anyways, um, you know, I've written out uh, big checks. Thanks to everybody that has been a part of Club 400 because Club 400 definitely isn't me. It's a group. Group includes all of you, all of you guys here. Uh, we'll get infl- infield flagger out here soon. But uh, and. Um, so it was a wonderful day. It cost us about two thousand bucks, but I mean, honestly, the reward from for doing that and just giving someone one last day at Wrigley Field it was such a rewarding experience. Mm-hmm. So um, she passed know, shortly after that, right? Yeah, she actually came up here with her family, which was unbelievable because I didn't think that would be able to happen. We had a nice lunch in here and stuff. And it was just so rewarding, you know. It was such a great experience. So uh, this year we're starting up, and I told Nicole. Which, by the way, uh, Nicole, uh, I ended up hiring Nicole to do uh, work on Club 400. And I said, you know, Nicole, how can we, uh, you know, I got an idea. I said, you know, we need to stay relevant with, with, with like, without just two or two events a summer. So I really like what we did for Heather last year. So let's start a program out there and let's get Cub fans who maybe can't get to the ballpark because of money, because of health issues. Or a lot of people aren't used to coming to the city, so they're afraid to come down. They don't know where to park, they don't know to get in, so... Let's get people to the ballpark that normally probably couldn't, you know. So we had this program called Honoring Heather, and it's uh, we just started it. We took a little boy to the game with brain cancer uh, last Saturday, and let me tell you, we pulled out all the stops for him. And uh, there's Herbie. Yeah, there's his Herbie. Name Frank. Herbie, and he's uh, unfortunately t- terminal brain cancer, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, the prognosis is not good, you know. So prognosis is not good. We're all kind of praying for a miracle here. But there, I'm showing a picture right now of Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom hanging out with Herbie. You got uh, obvious shirts to make some Herbie shirts. Yeah, I got. Uh, my, uh, uh, Herbie is my hero. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're wearing one, one right now. Okay. Yeah. Stuart, uh, you let me know how I can help with that. Literally anything I can do. Okay. Okay. Great. That's what we need help. Trust me. Uh, there, power numbers, I always say. Power there, numbers. Oh. There you are on the fields with uh, Schwindel and Wisdom and Herbie and Nicole. And uh, you guys just did such a nice – I mean, it's what a nice thing that you guys did uh, for him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just if you don't know about Club 400 and you've never been there and you just have to go to one of the events because it's one of the greatest things you could do, you could – it's not just about access to players. It's more about that. It's like they're in your own living room. And Stuart, like you allow us all to come to your home. You make us all feel at home. You feed us. We party with the Cubs. Uh, you know, Crawley usually loses his shirt at some point in, in the <laughs> night. And, 
<laughs> and, and we have a lot of fun. And there's just been a really great community that's been built uh, out there in Lake in the Hills. It's about an hour and 20 minutes, uh, depending on traffic, outside, from Wrigley Field, pretty much. And, uh, I mean, I, I know Captain Cubbo, you've been a bunch. And Crawley, you've been to almost everything. And, you know, it's just all been out there. It's just it's such a wonderful thing that you do. And, like, I just I just want to encourage everybody to at least check out the website, club400cubs.com, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I, you know, I was thinking when I was, like, Saturday was a special day, you know, and I, I, w- I just wish, like, and I, and I know it's not possible, but I don't know, like, why I was show like, this was never a plan of mine. I just wanted to build the best place to watch Cubs games when you weren't at Wrigley Field, and the whole charity thing was it's evolved to it. But like when I was on the field Saturday, you know, I stepped back for the most part and let Herbie do his thing, you know, with the players, and it was just unbelievable. But as I was st- standing back, I was like, man, I am truly the luckiest guy in the world, and I just wish like all the people at Club Four Hundred could be standing right next to me because. Uh, what we're doing is truly special, and uh, I'm looking for this program to keep going on and on, not just this year, but every single year. And uh, it's just such a uh, rewarding experience. And, like, you know, men his parents and his uh, Herbie's uh, best friend, his uncle was there, and uh, it was an amazing day. Let me tell you, it was a high. I wish I could have given all that high to all you guys because um, – it was just a wonderful experience. And like I said, we want to do it a whole bunch more. In fact, we're going to do it again in August. We're right now we're picking our August winner and we're going to do a September winner also. And we're going to just pull out all the stops. Like I said, give them the best possible day at Wrigley field, pick them up in a limo. Transportation's taken care of. Tickets are taken care of. Food is taken care of. Like thanks to the Chicago Cubs. They got Davis uh, four 1914 uh, tickets, and we had they had first row behind the home plate, so it was pretty awesome. Yeah. So if you, if you know any Cub fans out there that uh, fits the bill as far as they're having issues getting to Wrigley Field, you can put a 400-word submission at www.club400cubs.com. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we're going to keep all of them. We're going to kind of address the ones that maybe you need addressing first. Uh, but I told uh, Nicole, keep them all because uh, – We'll love yeah. to help out as many people as possible. Yeah, I dropped that link in the chat too, club400cubs.com. Um, and d- definitely check out the website. You can see some pictures of the space. And there's been a lot of articles and uh, a couple of sp- TV specials done on the space too. You have a lot of great memorabilia. And it's just, a, it's, it's like a little Cubs museum that you built. You've got a better Cubs museum than the Cubs. And so does Crawley. So does Captain Cubbo. So does IFG, Infield Fly Girl. In fact, I asked Crawley to do a little show and tell. I asked Infield Fly Girl to do a little show and tell. We totally ran out of time to even do it. But, like, it's... Um, I, I will say this, though. When I, three. When, I, when I first started going to, to, to Club 400, you know, you sit there and you're like, oh, boy, I'm going to meet this player. And I'm going to get, what am I going to get autographed? And you and now I don't even give a shit who the player is. I just want to see my friends. And right. it's, 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 that's the, probably the best thing I could say about Club 400 is the friends that I've made there I have instantly just become very close friends. And like I said, I don't even care, like, yeah, oh, who's coming, whatever. Right. It's just it's, it's, when you see the faces of the people being rewarded, like Stu kind of talked about with Herbie, you know, when you see a kid get a wheelchair, you see Ben Zobris with a family who lost their father in the line of duty, or, or all the countless other things that have been done and the way that people have been touched, it's, it means way more than any autograph that I have. 
Yeah, I can agree with that in a lot of ways. You know, like I, I missed out on the opportunity to see Stroman, and I wanted Stroman on the Cubs since I saw him play in the World Baseball Classic in 2017, and I've been on the, you know, Stroman to the Cubs wagon ever since then, and whatever. But like Cubs, like Twitter, like these people, the people who are involved in the Cubs fan community, have been there for me through thick and thin, and thin and thinner, and I'm just so happy to be a part of this. And those are the people who really do make up. Uh, Club 400, and I'm I'm looking forward to being a part of that. Well, and, you know, Carly hit, hit it right on the spot talking about how, you know, you got your family with your brothers and sisters and your aunts and your uncles, and you got your work, you know, associates, but then you have your Cub family. And it's like, I probably speak more to my Cub family than I do to my own family on an everyday basis because, you know, I'll chit chat with Danny and Crawley and Richie and, you know, and, Pass it all out there, you know. Yeah, and and that's kind of why I started the Rancher Roundtable, and this actually started as a live event before COVID, when we used to go to G Man Tavern and sit on the stage, and everybody would, and I'd ask him, <laughs> I'd host it and ask a bunch of questions of everybody, and we talk about the Cubs, and the Bleacher Bum Band would play, or I'd do a solo show, and we'd all get drunk and hang out, and that was the first Rancher Roundtable that we had. It was all about being live and doing it this way. And, uh, you know, now it, we do it online so we could share with a lot more people. But I'm, I'm sure we could we, we should do another live one. The end of the season one was my favorite because then we just got so drunk and then we waited for the Cubs to come back from St. Louis, like five hour drive. And yeah. there we are later. Yeah. Still there cheering them on. Yeah. It's a good time. I mean. We are so lucky as Cub fans, like to have such a, a, a unique fabric of of humans that all hang out together. Uh, we the Sun Ranto Show is one of many podcasts and many. We've had them all on the show tonight. You know, between the Fly the W that with Crawley, we used to be on our show, and then Evan and who I was on a show with him, the Rant for years, and Sarah Sanchez, who I still do a show with sometimes, and IFG's been coming around, and you know Stewart's got the Club 400 podcast, and you know you got Captain Cubbo running around in a cape, you know taking pictures with the tourists, and like you, you know amping, amping up people, Dom, the director of morales out there, you know that, hosting Twitter Spaces, like I'm just saying, like between everybody that we have, Sarah, you know. It's just the list goes on. It continues. It's a great family. It's a great place to plug in to other human beings. And, it really uh, is. Yeah, and it's and it's just I, I couldn't be happier. And uh, you know, it's it and all of you that are on the show and everybody that's been on this show tonight so far. Uh, th- don't worry, there are no more people. <laughs> Michael looked at me like, "Oh God, there's more!" It's like, and a surprise guest, Ronnie Woo Woo. Here he comes. And, uh, 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 actually, I should have got Warati on the show, but uh, but uh, anyway, it's it's just been awesome um, hanging out with you guys. It's been a great night hanging out with uh, everybody. I, I do. I have one announcement to make before we do the chance for a chance, uh, and that is that there is a Bleacher Bum Band karaoke party on Sunday, August seventh at Nisei Lounge. Um, I'm going to share the Facebook event in the in the chat and uh you should join you should join it because it might be one of those things that because if you look at the schedule um uh the, the cubs they don't have to get up early the next day all right. that's all i'm saying so jealous. yeah 
Uh, Stuart, are, are, do you have an announcement to make there, or are we not yeah. there yet? Yeah, no, um, um, I'm pretty excited about it, actually. You know, Club 400, we, the way we always operated was we give all their money to charity. So we try to leave, like, $1,500 in the bank account. But as we're growing, we're trying to do more things, like I said, with this program and so forth and so on. Our first ever event, which thankfully I got to thank uh, WrigleyView.com. That's a rooftop. That's the only independent rooftop. That's, that's 1050 Waveland, located right next to the fire station. Uh, the owner's Aiden. Uh, he has gave us given us his, uh, his rooftop for August 21st, and we are going to throw the biggest party you ever seen in your entire life. And we're going to call it Club 400 Palooza. Uh, we got, uh, you know, going back to December, we had uh, Patrick Wisdom out, and in January, January we had Frank Schwindel out, and those guys have been unbelievable to us. I always say, you know, that our events is only as good as a guest, and those guys were like the best back-to-back guests we've ever had, and they stuck with us. They've helped us out. They just helped us out with Herbie on Saturday. So they're coming out to the game. They're the only two guys on the bill because uh, they work with us so easily. But it's a party day. Oh, it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah, so what, it's going to include the Cubs game at 120. We're going to do a podcast, and uh, we're going to do a podcast looking over Gate D. I don't know if we're going to get in trouble over that, but I don't really care. We'll do <laughs> baseballs. We're going to throw out a T-shirt. I want Danny to play a couple songs in front of everybody out there. It'll be awesome. We'll get we'll get all you guys on the mic, and we're just going to have a really good time. And then after. More importantly, and, you know, uh, it's the rooftop is uh, going to have Buena beef food on there, hot dogs, beefs, and all that good stuff. Club 400 Lager, obviously. After the game, our good friend Eddie Gutierrez is going to bring a bunch of chicken wings over. We've got pizza coming over. From Output. Output Lounge, where the Bleacher Bums made a home this year. Yeah, awesome. Exactly. Taylor McGregor's coming out, and she's going to do a Q&A with Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom. Everybody that comes is going to get a picture overlooking Wrigley Field with Frank Schwindel. And uh, Patrick Wisdom, and the cool part is, is we're going to print those out, and they're going to you're going to get two signatures on that eight by ten. It's going to be a great souvenir for all the Cub fans out there. But more importantly, um, the Bleach Bump Band is going to play after the game. I know we're going to get some bullpen guys over, but let me tell you, we're going to have a lot more Cubs coming over. I already got three guys booked from the current team to come over. Taylor McGregor is coming out. She's going to do the Q and A. We're going to do the Q&A overlooking Wrigley Field with uh, Wisdom and Schwindel. Stu, can can you guarantee that Q&A is going to be better than the one she did with us on the berm in spring training? (laughs) That was your fault that it sucked. (laughs) (laughs) We were like seven beers in, and Taylor McGregor comes over and sits next to us. I thought she was just being nice. She's like, okay, we're going on in one minute. I'm like, going on. Carly, Carly, put your shirt on. So uh, we we pulled it off. It was a little rough start, but we pulled it off, right, Carly? Yeah, <laughs> the weather's great here. You get you guys. The weather's just the best out here. You come down, you just hang out with your friends. You're sitting out here. You got the Cubs. You got the beer. You got the the grass and the baseball. Oh, that was a backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was good. It was, it was exactly. a fun time, and, and I got a feeling that Club, uh, Club 400 Palooza is going to be an epic party. I already got a ride home, so I'm good. Well, here's my question: Is are there tickets for sale? And if they aren't, when are are they going to be up for sale? Uh, right. Where do you buy them? And we just dropped the podcast. It's going to uh, go in depth about the Shroma party. And then we dropped a, uh, a way that you can get a pre-sale passcode. Uh, but, yeah, tickets are, unfortunately, our website guy went on vacation. But we expect to be selling tickets by Monday. 
I believe the tickets are going to be uh, two. I think two hundred and ten dollars per ticket. The money's going to go straight to Club Four Hundred Cub fans helping Cub fans. It's finally going to give us a cushion we never had. It allows us to do uh, great things in the postseason too. I'm already wanting to do a, a trip to the Cubs convention for a lucky fan, and uh, we're just going to do awesome stuff. So I, I, we got Ray Burrs is going to be there. Uh, he's just a good friend of Club Four Hundred. He comes out to all our events, and like I said, we got. I mean, we got couple starting pitchers coming out uh patrick wisdom and schwindel i told them to bring everybody over because they walk out gate d they head they, over they, they get, yeah instead of going to the parking lot where the right. car is parked they just walk right to the, the, to the other side of the firehouse right. come upstairs party with us yeah that exactly. was my that was my thinking too like i didn't want to put everybody on the bill i just wanted to get frank patrick on there and i and with the game and then we're gonna get uh, we're gonna have two rounds of food and usually you're kicked off. The, usually they cut uh, beer sales off at seven, uh, seventh inning up there. We're gonna go like two hours after the game. All right, this is this is gonna be a long day. You're gonna have to pace yourself. You're gonna we're gonna go hardcore. <laughs> you're telling that He's to yourself. Talking to Crowley, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and just, just let I'm the like, ballplayers know that I'll be able to drive them home. No problem. Yeah. So well, they fly be- on Captain Cubbo's back home. Exactly. <laughs> Jump off the building. You know, who, we don't need cars where we're going. Um, so well, yeah, uh, it sounds awesome. There's only about 150 tickets sold. We got to save room for the players and everything like that. Yeah. Because occupancy issues. But yeah, come out and support us. I promise you, it'll be an unbelievable time. I mean, the package that we're putting together. I went to an event there not long ago with the rooftop, and it was uh, uh, centered around Mongo. And those tickets were 500 bucks. We didn't. We, you know, I'm always a big, big fan of the win-win situation because we don't take any money. I mean, we are this time. Obviously, we're gonna we're, we're getting the rooftop for free. That's but when we have our normal events, we we give all our money out to whatever that charity is. Uh, but uh, it's gonna be um, spectacular. I mean, Crowley, are you ready for this? Are you ready for like a ten-hour drinking fest or what? Oh yeah, I already got my anti-hangover <laughs> remedies already and lined up in the sink. It's all good. Michael, are we gonna get you out here for this or what? Yeah, Cotton. I may. That actually, it's it sounds like fun. Uh, the wife and I have been trying to figure out a time to get out there. So yeah, hopefully we'll both be able to come. Yeah, and IFG, you got to fly back in, and Captain. If Cumber I can find a flight in a place to crash, I'm there. It it can happen. But you just sleep at the rooftop. Yeah, sleep. At the rooftop. <laughs> You'll be fine. Uh, we got the club for a condo. I, um, you know, if you want to, you want a place on the floor, that's fine too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna have. So, I'm sure that place will be. <laughs> But, uh, all I have to say is you better take off Monday. That's all I can tell you. Take off Monday. So uh, I, I think it's time to do a little chance for a chance. This is the your last chance to get into the contest where I should, we should put money on this. This should You should get more than a postcard. But if for, for right now, you just get a love note from me on a Frank Chance postcard if you win this. Um, I'm going to share my screen here. I just uh, stuck around the last hour to see who wins the, this, and I thought you were going to give out a Jackbox link. Go old school. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> who wants to play Quiplash? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, this I, I never want to play Quiplash again. I mean, the pandemic, it just makes me feel like everybody's getting sick and dying is really what it makes me feel. So we're going to do uh, the chance for a chance here. Let's see. Round and round she goes. Where she stops, nobody knows except for – the StreamYard people who do this boop, 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 beep. Oh, oh, I knew it. I knew oh, it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
little, little Everett won last time, so yeah, I don't think he can win twice in a row. So we're gonna we're gonna draw again. We're gonna draw again. Is that, I didn't realize that's his. That's little Everett with Tom Skilling, isn't it? Yes, it is. I did not realize. That. Tom's taking it away from the little. We're doing team. it again. If if he if he wins again. Then he, he literally won like last line. Last I know he last he's not little. He's twenty one years oh, old. Oh, it's John Pinkus. Pinkus. Yeah, long hey, time Danny, listener. Danny, let's roll it one more time for an autograph sweet spot. Marcus Stroman baseball. How's that? Oh, oh. Now, now Pinkus is sad that he won this one. <laughs> 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 you just want a dumbass postcard for me. I just uh, saw IFG put chance in right now. This is let's for see. the big. Uh, no, oh, no, no, you can't, you can't win twice. You can't. We're doing it again. We're going one more time. Just so Everett knows, this is not my decision. This is not my decision. Corey right, Winner and still champion. Uh, congratulations, Corey. Corey actually helped me propose to my fiance Nicole, uh, out, out at the um, Field of Dreams. He set up everything out at the... Uh, at home play with a bottle of rum chata so that I could, <laughs> so I, so we could puke in the bathroom, in the ladies room later. So, um, well, thanks for everybody. Uh, any, any final words, Captain Cubbo? I think, I feel like you should, um, leave us with some kind of like inspirational superhero message. Well, I wanted to tell you a little story cause I know playing off of, uh, playing off of Crawley. Yeah. Play the story I, time I, bit again. I want to. I want to. Story time with Cabo, with Cabo, with Cabo. <laughs> My 15 minutes of fame happened when I was 16 years old. Again, me growing up across the street, me watching 1977, 78. I was watching 78, summer of 70. No, I, I apologize. Summer of 81. See, I'm getting old, man. Summer of 81. I was watching the ball game on the couch, and Billy Buckner was up. Um, I had a premonition of some sort, but I just had a feeling of some sort that he was in a crack one. And sure enough, swing of the bat, I just got off my couch. I ran down the stairs. I opened up the door. I caught the ball on one bounce on Sheffield, and I ran back in. And you can see, I can't remember whether it was uh, Boudreaux or Brickhouse, or probably it was more like uh, Harry Carey saying, that guy just ran back into his house. <laughs> the very next day, the very next day, I had uh, one of those guys from Channel 7 who does all these fun interviews, knocks on my door, and he says, hey, is this the house where that guy came out and, and caught that ball? And I go, yeah, that was me. And he goes, oh, come on. I go, seriously. I get all excited. I run to my bedroom. I bring back the ball. I show him. He tells me, tells me the story. You know, how did this happen? I said, well, I was just sitting on my couch, and I had a feeling he was going to hit a homer. And when the ball got whacked, I ran out the door, caught the ball, and ran back in to see myself on TV. He goes, hey, how about if I uh, get a camera crew here tomorrow? I said, sure, why not? He calls me up in my rotary phone in my kitchen. And half an hour later, he says, listen, I'll be there in 20 minutes. I got a camera crew. I go, okay. So sure enough, I got my 15 minutes of fame. I got my interview out in my front yard of my house. And that's where, you know, that's where it all started. Uh, <laughs> next, and the next time that they showed a fan who – Touched a baseball was 2003. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, that's right where we should end then on Bartman. Yeah, perfect. Um, 
So I would like to thank everybody that participated in tonight's roundtable. Michael Cerami, Sarah Sanchez, Evan Altman, Cody Del Mendo, the director of Morale, Dom Crawley, of course, is still here. IFG is still here. Greg Huss and Alex Pat, who were just here. Stuart, who was here. Captain Cubbo. And, of course, you, Michael Cotton, for always being here. And, um, you know, I had, a hell of a t- I had a hell of a time tonight. It's, it's a great crew. Uh, being a Cubs fan is, is better it's just better than any other fandom. I, I'm not a fan of anything else, just the Cubs. But I can't imagine that other people are doing something like this. I've never seen it, and uh, I think we're unique. I think we can should continue to be unique, and everybody keep flying your freak flag and having a good time. And uh, I think it's. I think we'll get back there. We'll get back there. It just won't be this year. <laughs> and, we'll uh, have fun the whole way. That's we, the we're going to have fun. 2003. With- we'll see. whether they like it or not we're gonna have fun we might not enjoy it but we're gonna have fun damn it yeah well i i tell you i i I wrote this song at right before the cubs uh it was the end of 2016 uh before they had won it and i said to myself you know i kind of thought to myself like this is the best cubs team i've ever seen we've never seen a team on a roll like this and i wrote a song called cubs time machine and it's all about just like i'm not going back to those days when we sucked you know and the, the, but then i thought the song's actually not going back to like 1908 when you just never won again because nobody knew after 1908 they're like we won the world series we're the cup fans 1908 they threw their derbies in the air and everything and they had no idea that it was going to be 108 more years before uh cup fans did their dance yet once again and i said to myself i'm not getting back in some time machine and going back to some time where we lose for 108 years straight and i feel that way tonight so uh, i'm gonna end the show with that and uh thank you all to the ranters especially our patreon supporters who support us at patreon.com sunranto the show does not happen without you so Thank you so much. Thank you to all of you uh, here on the show. And God, no, no, that's enough thanks. So here's uh, Spagog, y'all. Love Spagog! you. Love you. Bye. I had a vision. I had a vision just the other day that I traveled back to 1908. The last year the Cubbies went all the way Made a decision That I never want to come back again I'll miss you all but this place is heaven Cause here the Cubbies are the champions And I'm not getting back in that time machine Saying goodbye to my old life Staring at a screen Unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen Can't finally win it all in 2016 And Overall's pitching Damn I had hoped to see three finger brown 
knows how to throw and mow the batters down. At least I can't afford the tickets now. Wow, oh wow. And I'm not getting back in that time machine. I'll drive a Model T, Ford, on 10 cent gasoline. Unless the best damn cup team I ever seen can finally win it all in 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am not kidding. Don't bother coming here looking for me. Span could be watching Chicago win the World Series. I'm not getting back in that time machine. I'll root for Ed Rubak and Johnny Kling. Unless the best damn Cubs team I ever seen can finally win it all in 2016. And I'm not getting back in that time machine. Here they don't call it a drop. They call it a latrine Unless the best damn comes to my Instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 